Hey everyone, welcome to MCU Fan Show, episode 258. My name is Sean Gerber. In a moment, I'll be joined by Paul Herman for our reaction to and breakdown of all of the news that Marvel Studios dropped during their Comic-Con presentation in Hall H. We recorded the show as the panel was taking place, so you get to hear our instant reaction to all of the news that dropped, and then at the very end of the episode, you will hear our thoughts on the trailer for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And there was a lot of excitement to be had. I mean, I'm, I was so excited during the show that I didn't even notice that Agatha had a new title. I kept calling it Agatha House of Harkness, but the title I know now is indeed uh, Agatha Coven of Chaos. So apologies for when you hear that uh, over and over again, but was just so caught up in the excitement and I'm still working my way back down from the adrenaline of uh, hearing all of those spectacular announcements. And there is more Comic-Con coverage from us over on Fanshow Plus, a podcast that is exclusive to premium subscribers over at patreon.com slash Sean Gerber. You can also find it on Apple Podcasts. If you search for Fanshow Plus or the MCU Fanshow channel, you can subscribe there. On the latest episode, we will be talking about the latest trailer from She-Hulk, and we will also be talking about the Marvel Studios animation news from their panel in Ballroom 20 at San Diego Comic-Con on Friday. So make sure you check that out and follow us in those places you can. We are at MCU Fan Show on Instagram and Twitter. And if you're enjoying the show, we would greatly appreciate a rating and review from you over on Apple Podcasts. It really does help us out. And thank you so much to everyone who has already taken the time to leave their review. And now, on with our show. Paul Herman, how you doing on this late Saturday afternoon slash early evening? I'm doing great. Um, tons and tons and tons of rumors, just galore, obviously, for this uh, as a monumental uh, day, I think, for yeah. an important day, I think, to be honest, I think for the Marvel Studios. I think but, so. Um, I think yeah. so. And I, you know, just to for those listening at home or in the car or at the gym, and if so, good for you or on a walk, whatever. Um yeah, we are recording this, as we are recording this right now, it is, as you're listening to it, it is 5.02 p.m. Pacific time, which means the Marvel Studios Hall H panel was scheduled to start two minutes ago, and so we thought it'd be fun to record this as the news breaks, um, because we haven't really had an opportunity to do that, because normally I'm in Hall H watching this stuff happen, but... Due to uh, work and life stuff, um, yeah, it just didn't work out for me to get down to San Diego and, and be in uh, and be in Hall H this year. Um, so, really, what I'm struggling with right now is a little bit of FOMO, you know, to not be in the room because there's probably going to be some exclusive footage and maybe even uh, some magical moments that would certainly be really cool to be there for. But hey, I can't really complain. I've been blessed to be uh, at a number of Marvel Studios Hall H panels and other great Marvel events. So really, I'm just excited about the news. And I I'm glad you brought up the rumor. I actually don't want to talk about what the rumor is, uh, only mm -hmm. because I want to take a lesson that everyone learned once again this morning yep. when Henry Cavill did mm -hmm. not show up at the Warner Brothers and DC panel, more specifically the Black Adam panel uh, where a lot of people thought that was going to happen because there was a rumor in Deadline. 
and it created this expectation of a thing that was definitely going to happen, and then this thing that the studio never, ever, 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 ever promised or hinted at didn't happen, and everybody's upset with the studio for a promise the studio didn't make. I don't get it. So then uh, taking no lessons from that whatsoever, uh, yes, there was another rumor that came out uh, with a very strong hint at some announcements pertaining to a very specific upcoming MCU project that we may or may not get announcements on uh, during this panel, which, based on the scheduling, it should be underway. I don't know if it actually is, because having been in the room several times, the Marvel Studios panel does not typically start on time. It usually runs about 15 to 20 minutes late, I don't know if they will be as late, uh, as behind schedule this year uh, as they have been in the past, and the reason why I'm a little suspicious of that is uh, they're not the last panel this year. There is, uh, the the Marvel Studios panel is scheduled to run for an hour uh, until 6 p.m. Pacific time, and then a half hour later, Kevin Smith has a panel. Now, is Kevin Smith really going to complain if his panel starts late because the Marvel Studios panel started late and potentially ran long? Of course not. I mean, Kevin Smith has been there before where the Marvel Studios panel basically brought down the house and then emptied out the room. And then there wasn't really that much left uh, for him to do or him to cover uh, on his own uh, on his own show so uh, or his own panel. So I'm not really that worried about uh, about the time slot and whether or not Marvel Studios is going to start on time. Their panel's not going to get cut short. Let me put it that way, regardless of what time they start. But ahead of the panel, we did get uh, we did get a little bit of movie news. I know there's a lot of animation news that we are definitely going to go back and cover as well uh, with everything that happened in Ballroom 20 on Friday. But the Saturday news already started, so while we're waiting for news to drop from the Marvel Studios Hall H presentation, let's talk about what Marvel Studios Visual Development Director Andy Park shared online, Paul, a stunning piece of artwork from Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, easy for me to say, that features Ant-Man, the Wasp, and in his carefully worded tweet, Andy Park said Cassie did not put a superhero name mm. attached, even though she is clearly wearing a superhero costume. And then in the background, one Kang the Conqueror, and how dare I say that without uh, pre- you know, prefacing it as a very comic accurate Kang the Conqueror mm. uh, in the background of this San Diego Comic-Con exclusive poster. And of course, Andy tweeted that out minutes before he hit the Marvel booth at San Diego Comic-Con signing physical copies of said poster. So speaking Mm. of FOMO, I'm going to have to try and see if Andy can snag me one of those posters. (laughs) Uh, Because, yeah, look, this artwork is pretty sweet. And that's also par for the course. So every time there's been an upcoming Ant-Man movie, uh, Andy has done one of these posters. I mean, he's done them for several MCU movies, but particularly the Ant-Man franchise. And, of course, he has a very... Uh, close relationship with that franchise, which you can go back and listen to in our interview with Andy Park uh, back on uh, the podcast for MCU Fan Show. But uh, this artwork, Paul, I mean, he's done it for Ant-Man, Ant-Man and the Wasp, and now for Quantumania. It's almost ho-hum when you talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp because their costumes Mm -hmm. look basically like we would expect. Mm -hmm. But the Kang the Conqueror 
costume just, or the design. And, and granted, it's all washed in this blue background, but you can tell by the lines on the face, by mm-hmm. everything about this design just looks spot on from the source material. And then for Cassie Lang, the question all along was, is she going to be Stature or is she going to be Stinger? Based on her helmet and her color scheme, uh, purple, uh, that is very much the Stinger costume from Marvel Comic Books, although she is missing, based on this artwork, uh, the wings that Stinger normally has. So who knows? If you were hoping for Stature, I guess there is some still hope that that is going to be the case. Um, but Paul, I, I know you feel uh, pretty strongly now that this is indeed Stinger, and I'm inclined yeah. to I'm inclined <clears throat> to believe the same thing because just because the wings aren't visible, it actually does look like as I'm like zooming in on this artwork, she has the little pack on her back that the wasp has. So yeah. uh, there are some wings that are probably going to be part of that costume. So they go with Stinger, and look, I think it makes the most sense in the MCU. It's on brand for Ant Man. Wasp Stinger, where stature just doesn't fit within the overall theme uh, of this right. particular franchise. So for Young Avengers fans, maybe a little bummed that she wouldn't have that superhero identity. But I think stature Stinger, it's just as well. I think the costume looks cool, um, and I'm excited about that. But I'd be lying if I said I wasn't most excited about that Kang design. Yeah, you sent me this. I, I've had a crazy day, like I said earlier. And what's what's nutty is uh, I was with Chris Clow. Uh, very randomly. That's a long story. And I was just leaving uh, a comic book store uh, when uh, when you sent me this and I hadn't I checked my phone. I'd just been running around. I looked down and I saw you texted me and we're going to do this, these all these shows today. I went, oh, he sent me something. OK, what, what's oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. It, it, the you, text that I got from you was in all caps. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, and also people uh, Sean said Kang equals perfect. And yeah. I just said, yep. Yeah. yeah. That- um, oh just a quick note uh, for while we're following along live, yes, uh, yes. the Marvel Studios panel has started. There's a sizzle reel that's going on right now in the room. Um, don't know if that's uh, old stuff, new stuff, whatever. Uh, but anyway, things are happening. There will be some news breaking as we go on. But continue, Paul. There's, there's nothing else yeah. to talk about right now. Excellent. You can interrupt me, obviously, anytime for this breaking news. So anyway, so I seen the King uh, poster or in, in, the, in the poster. What's crazy is that people have kind of um, have done fan art of the actor. Um, again, I'm terrible at names. So I forgot his name. But the actor and, and Kang in the costume. And it looked really pretty legit. Like just, uh, you know, having like pretty much um, doing their own renditions of a straight, you know, adaptation of the of the costume into the, the actor. And I got to tell you. Eddie Park, what we see right now, I'm not saying it looks exactly like that, but it looks similar that in a sense where I'm trying to say is it's almost identical as far as the design overall. So that means that we're getting a complete, almost physical look, accurate version of Kang the Conqueror in the MCU. That is huge, in my opinion, because Kang is a it's a very unique and a very comic booky design. And I think. To me, I always think the reason why these characters have lasted so long is because they're 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 great characters, but they look dynamic. And I think Kang's look is so dynamic, so interesting, and we're getting a complete uh, a complete accurate version of this character from a visual standpoint. I am uh, I cannot wait to see this in action, um, and I'm not sure we're going to see that today. Hopefully, we will. But um, this you know, not just the lines on the face, Sean, the helmet, obviously, um, I think the things around his chest, there's that whole kind of weird chest piece that he has. It's kind of unique and weird. We see that visibly here. That's exciting. 
And to me, that means we're probably going to get a very, uh, maybe not complete, uh, true color scheme. But I think that if we're getting almost the look of it, even though it's washed out by blue, we're probably going to get a pretty close to accurate color scheme too, which is purple. And also keep in mind too, uh, Cassie is purple. So I think mm-hmm. it's also interesting. So I don't know if a purple motif is going to go here. I'll talk more about Cassie, I think, in her costume later on. But just initially, my first impression about Kang eyes go straight to Kang. 1000% perfect right now. I can't wait to see what the colors look like. But from a design standpoint of, of this washed out blue, I don't think you could do a better version at this point right now. It looks perfect. Yeah, I am pleasantly surprised by it now. I'm not totally shocked that this is the design. There was some artwork that was on part of like crew gear, t-shirts and stuff like that um, that had circulated that we hadn't talked about because it's, eh, I mean, that Kang looks like Kang isn't really a spoiler for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, but uh, we typically try to skew towards officially released or announced material and stuff like that as, as kind of our, our guiding principle on the podcast as, as much as we can. And so I uh, haven't brought it up before, but that actually does kind of show the uh, the color scheme is probably going to be what you would expect uh, based on the comic books. And, and so it, this this is exactly what it looks like in this artwork. And I am so happy for it. And I think this is just I mean, the MCU has we've talked about it a number of times has always had a very with a few hiccups here and there, but for the most part, a very strong track record uh, when it comes to being very faithful to the source material, both in the spirit of these characters and stories, but then also in the design of lots of these characters. But I think you'd probably agree, Paul, that there's something about this phase four where it just feels like the further, like the deeper and deeper we get into the MCU, because there's so, and maybe it's because Marvel knows that the audience has accepted so much right now that there's not really that, that many things that they wouldn't accept. And so it just feels like they are emboldened to go even further with the comic books and, and the comic book designs being translated um, in a much more direct way for movies. Now, it's never going to be 100% like for like, and that's not because of a lack of belief in the comic books. It's because just the the difference between drawing something on a two-dimensional page versus having to actually make a thing that an actor has to wear and look good in um, or if it's going to be a lot of CG, it still has to be able to look believable and, and even CG, as we've seen, kind of because it gets painted on to actors these days, has to be able to move with the actor and it has to have a natural looking range of motion and all of those things. So there are certain practical things that they have to do where they might have to make uh, certain tweaks and, and stuff like that. But for the most part, that's kind of it these days. And, and every once in a while, they might do something because they feel like it's an upgrade and it's fair for them to give that a try. But yeah, Paul, I think with uh, what we've seen, I mean, just this year, Moon Knight and uh, Miss Marvel and uh, uh, the Mighty Thor and even Thor's new costume in Love and Thunder, we've just seen so much, uh, so many of these direct uh, translations of page to screen in terms of costumes. And now here with Kang the Conqueror, that, uh, you know, the, the ever comic book love and heart has to be has to feel a lot fuller when you see stuff like that. Not just because, hey, it's like the comic books and that's a match and that's cool, but also yeah. uh, it looks good. Yeah, I, I think that's the thing is, I, again, I go back to my oh, thing. Of hold always, on. Hold oh, on. We got news. We've got news. 
Just announced in Hall H, Marvel Studios' Secret Invasion, an original series uh, streaming spring 2023 on Disney+. Plus. So we do have uh, some artwork, which this is an audio format, so you can't see. Um, It's just a title treatment. Uh, There's no concept art from the show, no photos or anything like that. Um, I will try to see if they are, I'm not sure if they are playing any footage uh, in the room right now. Uh, but this is uh, what we have to go on at this particular moment. So Secret Invasion, spring of 2023. Uh, I think that makes sense. Oh, hold on. Uh, well, they said this is an announcement, but it's not. Uh, just announced uh, Marvel Studios Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 uh, in theaters May 5th, 2023. Mm. We already knew that. Um, that is exactly the same <laughs> release date that it already had. So it's got some cool new title artwork uh, for people who like title treatments, which, and I'm one of those people. So like, it's I cool do. and it's exciting. It just doesn't translate to podcasting. So, uh, no. but you all follow Marvel Studios on Instagram and Twitter. It's not hard for you to be able to see this stuff. Um, mm. So uh, as far as the uh, montage, people are saying it was cool. I can't really see a whole lot of details uh, about it. Um, but actually they're saying apparently... They have called. They are calling this Phase Five, everybody. So what they're Whoa. announcing today, they are calling Phase Five, uh, and they're saying that Phase Five begins with Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania. Uh, wow. Now remember that comes out February of next year. So you get Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania, uh, and then Secret Invasion is going to follow, and then Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. So I guess that's the news uh, because of the order that oh. they went in. Between uh, Secret Invasion, they went Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, which we know is February, Secret Invasion Spring, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 in May. So that means sometime, based on my knowledge of the calendar, uh, sometime between February and, uh, and early May of next year, we are going to get the Secret Invasion series on Disney+. Plus. So kind of in that Moon Knight, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier space, maybe March-ish, uh, for Disney Plus. So I'm excited about that for Secret Invasion because we don't really, I guess that's also going to be our next live action series, Paul, after mm-hmm. She-Hulk because there is no other live action series on the schedule for Disney Plus uh, this year after She-Hulk. There is the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, um, but that's just a one-off. There is no actual series there. So Secret Invasion is not our very next series on Disney Plus. Again, that's She-Hulk, but it's our next next series, um, which makes sense though because they've been pretty deep into production on that one for a while. Um, and I'm excited to see that that's, uh, that's the first series that we have to look forward to. Not our first new MCU, uh, MCU story that will be Ant-Man and the Lost Quantum Mania, mm-hmm. but also I think it is noteworthy. So it seems, uh, that they are calling this phase five because yes. they, in for a while there, it almost looked like, even though they called it phase four, when they announced all this stuff that we've now seen at San Diego comic-con three years ago, it almost seemed like the phase structure was going to go away and like it was losing some of its meaning, or at least that was some of the questions that were going around for fans. But uh, no, the phase structure, whatever it means, if it means anything, uh, it's still here and you can call it labeling or branding, but that's important to nerds like us. Uh, So yeah, I'm, I'm happy that this is phase five. That would also make, by the way, Phase 4 the first phase in MCU history that does not have an Avengers movie. Mm -hmm. And it ends with Wakanda Forever, so I think that is also... Oh, oh, hold on. Breaking news. Uh, Just announced in Hall H, Marvel Studios' Blade in theaters, November 3rd, 2023. Oh, dang. 
Also, breaking news, uh, Ironheart is going to be on Disney Plus in fall of 2023. I need to go through the Marvel Studios Twitter and make sure I'm actually keeping these in order. Uh, no, I'm not. So I missed some stuff. So let's go back in order. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, February 2023. Then Secret Invasion in the spring. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 on May 5th. Uh, Echo is in summer 2023. Loki season two is in summer 2023. So if you're keeping score, that's the third Disney Plus series all by the summer of next year, uh, with Ironheart being the fourth sometime in the fall. But also Blade finally, finally, finally has a release date. They announced this movie and Mahershala Ali in the starring role three years ago at San Diego Comic-Con, the last San Diego Comic-Con before this one, the last Marvel Studios Hall H presentation before this one. Another Uh, one. Oh, what do we got? Agatha. Okay, Agatha, House of Harkness, Winter 2023. Wow, that is five live-action Marvel Studios Disney Plus series in 2023, Paul. Jeez. And a bunch in the summer, too. We are going to get crushed under the weight of those spoiler reviews. (laughs) We are so dead. (laughs) Oh, whoa, whoa. Cap, cap, cap. What's the title? Do we have a title? New World Order. What? Captain America New World Order, May 3rd, 2024. I am still waiting slash hoping that they are about to announce even more stuff from uh, from that movie. But uh, we we shall see. There is also a brand new uh, She-Hulk trailer that has been released. Uh, We will wait and watch that. We are going to do a separate podcast. Like This is just a fun experiment to do live action uh, live live action live reactions hey, to live, live, these live. uh these announcements even though you're not hearing this live uh we're recording it live and then you hear it live via tape delay um but uh we will do because inevitably we're probably going to miss some things and, and some details of people live tweeting panels and stuff like that uh we will to use uh, appropriate disney uh corporate speak we will circle back uh, and uh, put a pin in some things uh, and make sure we check out trailers and stuff like that because I'm guessing there's probably also going to be a trailer for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Um, I think that is uh, seems to be the direction of this panel right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems to be that we are getting um, the... Uh, it looks like we're getting the Phase 5 announcements and that will probably be followed by uh, more information on things that are finishing up Phase 4 um, I'm also seeing the Thunderbolts has been announced for July 26th of next year. I haven't seen that from Marvel Studios Twitter, um, but I am seeing it in some of the live tweets about it. Uh, we recently talked about Thunderbolts uh, on Fanshow Plus. Wait, wait, there's, there's, they, 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 they just broadcasted the whole lineup for Phase Five. Okay, let's see. Uh, Hold on, we're missing Daredevil, bro. Let me see where we are at. Uh, this is uh, live radio via tape delay. Yeah. But, uh, wow. We'll Whoa. see where things go from here. But yeah, I, I think uh, it sounds like Thunderbolts. I'm, I'm seeing some tweets about Thunderbolts in 2024. Uh, yep. I am not seeing the full Phase 5 timeline. Um, hold on. Uh, I am seeing something for Daredevil Born Again, an 18-episode yep. series. But let me 18 see. 18 episodes? I don't know. That's uh, that's one that I'm seeing. Yeah, it's I'm seeing. I haven't updated. I'm seeing. Uh, this is from discussing films tweets that I'm seeing uh, to give some people some credit. Um, 
yeah, right now, Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, Quantumania, February 17th of next year, Secret Invasion in the spring, Guardians of the Galaxy, May 5th, Echo in the summer, uh, Loki Season 2, summer 2023, The Marvels, of course, July 28th, 2023, uh, Blade, November 3rd, 2023, Ironheart in the fall of 2023, Agatha House of Harkness, winter uh, 2020, it says winter 2023 slash 2024, uh, so Agatha's probably bridging the gap mm-hmm. from Christmas into the new year. Uh, spring 2024 is Daredevil Born Again, and then on May 3rd, 2024, is Captain America New World Order. Um, that also was uh, an episode title for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I believe, for uh, New World mm-hmm. Order. So cool to see them, you know, keeping a theme there. Um, so, uh, but it's also been confirmed that Daredevil, according to some tweets here, another one here from Discussing Film, that Daredevil uh, will return in She-Hulk. So that should be, uh, I, I think we expected that, and it would be a great place for, and speculated as much, uh, Paul. You have two prominent lawyers in uh, Marvel yeah. superhero lore. If She-Hulk, attorney at law, has her own show, it's a very natural place for Charlie Cox to uh, pop back up. But he's going to be popping up a lot. I mean, he's already shown up in Spider-Man No Way Home. He'll be back in She-Hulk. He will be back again in Echo uh, next summer. And then the following spring slash summer, he's going to have uh, his own series with Daredevil Born Again. Um, And so, yeah, if that is really true, that that is 18 episodes, uh, holy crap. uh, That is the longest, uh, the largest episode count for any Marvel Studios Disney Plus series by far. Mm hmm. Okay, man, I got to tell you, again, you interrupt me anytime you need to. But first, hot take about Daredevil. Um. I'm not, I'm shocked, but I'm also not shocked about 18 episodes because one, it's called born again. So that immediately tells you that one, uh, they're, they're paying homage to, uh, an amazing Frank Miller story, but also you need to basically reinvent the character because we don't know exactly where these characters lie, what the continuity is before and what, ne- what Netflix stuff, tr- you know, transfers over with 18 episodes, Sean, that tells me they're going to be telling the history of the, the 616 MCU version. So that means we're probably going to get a lot of flashback episodes and making up time for what was mm. going on during that. That's what I think this means. And that probably also means, okay, then let me pose a question. Yes, sir. Because this is, I, I think it, you know, it, it begs the question based on what you were just saying. Let's beg it. What if we're not just filling in gaps? What if mm-hmm. when we go back, ha, what if we're so on brand for Marvel, even when we're not trying, what if some of those flashbacks actually define what this daredevil's past is in the MCU it, that it, is not, and actually exactly. contradicts perhaps scrubs a lot of the mm-hmm. Netflix stuff, if not all of it out of continuity, not to say that it, that should be the creative goal, I would just say that I don't expect Marvel Studios, if they do venture back in time, to really worry that much about any contradictions with the Netflix shows. I, that's exactly what I think. I think not only is it going to tell Daredevil, I think this is a way for them to also bring in the other Defenders characters and wipe out everything all at once. Okay, this is like here is the official confirmed tweet from Marvel Studios. Here we that go. They have announced that, that Thunderbolts, because I, I got that from, I saw that in a few tweets, but now here's an official one from Marvel Studios. Uh, Thunderbolts, uh, July 6th, uh, 2024. So Thunderbolts is, in fact, happening. I mean, we knew it was based on some trade reporting a few weeks ago. Um, But yeah, Thunderbolts is happening. Anyway, back to Daredevil. Yeah, so here's my my initial thing, and hopefully we get confirmation after, you know, everyone interviews and all that crap. I think this is going to be rebooting all of the Defenders characters, and we're going to see, because there's been rumors about, you know, 
um, Jessica Jones showing up also in uh, She-Hulk. I think Daredevil is going to be the hub of the Netflix kind of, you know, these Netflix characters. This will be like the ground zero, if you will. And I think this will be launching everyone. That's why it's 18 episodes. They're going to use this to springboard whatever they need to um, off the off the Defenders characters. And they'll use Echo to kind of bring in, you know, more Daredevil, more, you know, kind of set that up. And that way Daredevil set up everything else. That way they can bring in a Luke Cage. They can bring in a Jessica Jones and a new Iron Fist. And they don't have to say. Ooh, there it is. Also the official tweet from Marvel Studios, Daredevil born again, spring 2024. Yeah. So, I mean, I just, I, I just think that this is what's going to happen. I think Daredevil born, and that's, and thus, that's why the title is genius because born again is also going to probably homage to, you know, the ideas of he's reinventing himself, but also it's kind of, you know, a, a, a meta, uh, co- you know, commentary of like, Hey, uh, we're also like rebooting these characters. So they're born again, essentially. So that's what I'm going with it. Cause born again was kind of already done a little bit with, um, uh, season three of Daredevil. This is a way for them to really go into and say, hey, we're rebooting the everything, but we have 18 episodes and we're going to bring in, you know, th- all these different characters. And then we can tell their backstories through Daredevil. Daredevil is going to be almost like, I think the Nick, F- or that's what I was trying to say earlier. Daredevil is going to be like almost like the Nick Fury for all these characters. And so he's going to be the through line. And I think that's why it's going to be 18 episodes, if that's accurate, yeah. So, which it sounds like it is. And now I'm looking at, and I'm seeing other tweets uh, that, that also say 18 episodes. It's not just discussing film. I see it from Heroes Reforged, uh, and I'm guessing that's Adam Lavick, uh, who is uh, doing the live tweeting in there, because I know he's there uh, in Hall H today. Uh, mm-hmm. Adam's a super cool guy. He also designed the MCU Fan Show and Fan Show Plus artwork. So shout out to, uh, to Adam. Um, so he posted a photo of the timeline that looks... That looks pretty full. Um, looks pretty full with uh, for Phase Five, um, with Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, Secret Invasion, Guardians Three, Echo, Loki, Mar- uh, the Marvels, Blade, Ironheart, Agatha, Daredevil, Cap Four, and mm-hmm. uh, Thunderbolts. So it, it looks that looks like it's the full Phase Five graphic. There's no room left now. It doesn't mean that there wouldn't be other stuff uh, that gets added to Phase Five. Um, but it looks like these are the main things. And now it also looks like Marvel is kind of going through these specific things. So as we've been talking about all these additions to the timeline, uh, they did have the cast of She-Hulk out there. And then Colby Smolder showed up for Secret Invasion. And I'm not sure where things are at uh, just now. Um, but also, uh, this does say that uh, Phase 4 will actually conclude with uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Because uh, remember, of course, that is the last uh, that's the last Marvel Studios project this year. Um, I I don't see as they're laying out phase four, I don't see the Guardians holiday special being included in that. So I don't know mm. where what phase that officially lies in in terms of an official designation. Um, I'll, I'll fire off an email to Kevin Feige. Not that I have his email. Uh, <laughs> we don't correspond uh, to get an official ruling on that. But uh, what's what's the official phase ruling on the holiday special, I guess we'll have to wait and see. But anyway, um, mostly Phase 4 concludes with with Wakanda Forever, and then we get things going with Phase 5 uh, with Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Um, also, by the way, uh, the Ant-Man movies, I mean, usually come at the tail end of phases. I mean, Ant-Man is officially the last film of uh, Phase 2, Ant-Man and the Wasp towards the end of Phase 3, uh, so that's a new thing for the Ant-Man franchise that they actually get to, um, you know, kick off a uh, a new phase. But it makes sense, right? 
Um, and, and also, uh, I think it's interesting that we, we officially have it confirmed, although based on production schedules, we also knew this was going to be the case, that Loki Season 2 is going to be after Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. That's important because mm-hmm. it also tells you that you know Scott and Cassie and Hope are going to have a big battle with Kang the Conqueror they might be able to escape and provide some resolution in that story because that's the way movies have to work, but um, they're not finishing his story there because obviously he's still going to be at the center of Loki season two um, unless, it I don't know, this would be a, a bummer if like, and I don't expect this to happen anyway, but let me just throw out things even though I shouldn't speak it into existence, but they already filmed Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, so nothing I say now is going to change what they already did. I don't think that if we're looking at Kang the Conqueror, like, I don't know. I I hope it's not a thing where, like, Scott and Hope, like, provide the final defeat of Kang the Conqueror. And then, um, and then Loki season two is about putting pieces back together and Kang's already gone. I don't think that that would be, I would not enjoy that. And I also don't think that's what they're going to do. I think they are kicking off this phase with Kang and they are going to end this phase with Kang. Uh, at the very least. And so even though it has not been announced right now, uh, we noted that phase four is the, uh, now is the first phase in the history of the MCU to not have an Avengers movie in it. I don't think phase five is going to continue that trend. Uh, Even though they have a full graphic that shows all these things for phase five, that's just everything that they're probably announcing today outside of maybe something they're saving for the very end. Um, because uh, they normally do that in true Marvel Studios fashion, because Kevin Feige is a showman. Um, also, uh, I am seeing like the She-Hulk trailer playing on mute, and there is a shot of uh, a faceless shot of uh, Daredevil in it, so that's kind of cool. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I think that uh, I feel like we're going to get an Avengers versus Kang story uh, at the end of Phase Five, unless they're going to draw it all the way out for uh, Phase Six. But as we keep going through this timeline. And all these announcements, they've taken us through November of 2024 with Blade, and we still don't have an Avengers movie. So do the math in your heads. That's five and a half years between Avengers Endgame and Blade. So that means the earliest we're going to see an Avengers movie is maybe sometime in 2025. um, And that would mean at least six years between Avengers movies, which is just crazy to kind of think about. But also... I think a helpful break um, for these movies. I, I mean, mm-hmm. not that I, I think people are tired of the Avengers, but at least now people will be really, really hungry when they eventually get an Avengers movie. Um, but also, and uh, this is with a caveat because Marvel could be saving something for the end. Obviously, a lot of you are probably thinking the same thing. So, or you were thinking it when these re- when this news was breaking as we're recording this. Um, where's Fantastic Four on this schedule? Um, you know, we know they lost John Watts as a director, different reports on on where, what the status of the new director search, where that is, uh, which could also impact casting. But for all we know, uh, we are minutes away from getting that announcement. But I, I don't want to count on it as a thing that's going to happen um, because, you know, we'll we can geek out about it if it happens sometime in the next half hour or so. Um, but based on the way this phase five is taking shape, um, I think what also is is happening here, Paul, although I want you to weigh in on, on the Kang stuff, um, mm-hmm. but uh, another thing to keep in mind, 
Remember how we talked about these different events that Marvel's building toward? And we've said it on the show how it's like these separate tracks to these different, sounds weird, mini culmination events, even though they're still going to be pretty big, but they're just not like total Avengers level, at least not like saga level, Infinity War endgame level. There is the Kang track. There is also the Thunderbolts track. Mm -hmm. There is also the Young Avengers track. And so all of these things, as we can see, like these branches of continuing of serialized stories in the MCU are still continuing to branch out through phase five. And so maybe that's the idea here in both phase four and continuing in phase five is before we try to tie too many things together, um, we're going to have these smaller scale culminations that are still going to feel pretty big because each one is being built up over the course of several series and films. Yeah, there's there's a lot to unpack here, man. Um, I I think Kang is de- is is obviously the this is the this is a saga with Kang on it. Like Kang is 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 the central part of of this uh, the saga, the current saga, right? And the phase, the fa- like you said, every, they are getting these- by the way footage of Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania in the room at this oh. moment. Well, uh, hopefully the trailer drops for us. It doesn't sound like it's going to happen, but but we'll see. But I'm going to tell you uh, right now. Paul Rudd is there, or he was there on stage oh, before oh, this uh, footage came out. Such a good guy. Um, also, Catherine I, Newton, who plays uh, Cassie Lang, a.k.a. Stinger, or Stature, fine. Or Stature, which, whichever you choose. Well, uh, hold on. Well, more breaking news. Excellent. Uh, footage was shown of Secret Invasion that included Don Cheadle as War Machine. So, um, also, what's missing from all these announcements? Whatever happened to Armor Wars, uh, as announced back on oh, Disney Investor yeah. Day? Don't know what the status of that project is, but um, I guess it makes it that much more important that Don Cheadle will, in fact, show up uh, in Secret Invasion. So it won't be too much longer before you get to see War Machine. I would also say um, don't give up on the idea of maybe seeing him in Ironheart uh, later on that same year. So we may see a, a lot of Rhodey just may not be in the series that he was supposed to lead with Armor Wars, uh, the status of which seems to be unknown at this time. Yeah, man. So back to King here. I, I Obviously, King is the main saga focus, right? And I love that the, the, the films that we're getting are so unique. And because we have Blade, you've got Thunderbolts, you have a new Cap movie, we've got the Marvels. I mean, and all the TV series... They're all over the place too, with Daredevil to Loki. It, like you said, like having Quantum Mania follow up with you know Loki's, you know right after that or not right after, but it's, it's, it takes place afterwards, as far as we know, is interesting because linear wise we don't know what takes place when a lot of times, but as far as for us to be revealed as an audience, that is very telling. And so, I my my what I think is really fascinating is that we have thunderbolts here and assume I'm assuming that potentially could be the end of this phase um we don't know it looks like it appears to be that's the end of it what I would predict is is that <clears throat> you know um King is will probably be the growing threat behind the scenes but we don't but again although we these fun stories like blade and you know whatever and Thunderbolts will be that I've said before that Dark Avengers team where it's it's they're the power vacuum of the Avengers. Yeah. And, and it makes, uh, according to our buddy Adam at Heroes Reforged, uh, Marvel Studios is teasing a darker shift starting with Secret Invasion next year. 
And that and that would yeah. And so that would make sense with the Thunderbolts aspect because now if you end this this phase five with the Thunderbolts as this darker team that that Val um, creates. You now have this. I don't need- think this is the end of phase five, by the way. I really I okay. think no, because remember when they did a bu- they announced a bunch of stuff at San Diego Comic Con three years mm-hmm. ago, 2019, and they called it all phase four. But remember, mm-hmm. they added stuff to it, including three Disney Plus series that they announced at D23 Expo. And that's still in play here. We still have D23 Expo where at least a few projects will probably be announced and I don't think that will become phase six. I think Marvel will keep the focus on phase five and there will be additions to phase five and, and nothing here so far in the tweets I'm seeing, um, even though that graphic shows Thunderbolts is kind of the last one, maybe it's the last one of what they're announcing today outside of something they may say for the end. Um, I, I don't think that's actually the end of phase five. I think that's, you know, maybe the end of what they're announcing today, although I don't actually think so. Um, but no, there will be more stuff that's added to Phase Five, and and Phase Five is is just going to be massive. Okay, um, so because Rob- also just keeping in mind here, you know, you have Agatha in twenty that's late twenty twenty three, extending into early twenty twenty four. Daredevil, I know it's eighteen episodes, so that's a long chunk of the year, but yeah. good chance another Disney Plus series that's part of Phase Five makes its way into twenty twenty four. Also, remember Thunderbolts. Uh, July of 2024, there's probably, and I know there's an empty release date later on that year. So there's another release date for Marvel Studios, I think probably in November of 2024, uh, that will probably be, my guess is, another Phase 5 movie. Um, could that be the uh, first family movie? Yeah, let's let's leave that for another time. <laughs> well, <laughs> or, so, yeah. Well, but yeah, but really- I, so I, suffice to say, I, I think Thunderbolts will be a key turning point. I, yeah. I don't necessarily think it's going to wrap up phase five, just be, even with the way it, it looks on the graphic right now. Yeah. So uh, Rob Liefeld is in the room. He just said MODOK was in the, it tra- sounds like MODOK was in the Quantum Mania. Tra- oh, man. Okay. going to keep talking. I'll dig for, <laughs> I will keep digging. All right. Yeah. So I just, I just saw it here and they're getting um, also uh, Rob Liefeld quoting a, a line from him. I'm not sure if you want me to say that or not um, from, from actual uh, Jonathan Taylor. That's his name. The Jonathan majors major. He said Taylor, but he meant majors. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, James Gunn is uh, well, look, it's part of, it's part of stuff they showed to the comic con crowd. So what does Rob Liefeld say was a quote he, from Jonathan majors. It says, this is what a quote from uh, it sounds like King himself. He just said that the actor, he says there, or he said that from him, maybe it was him not in the, the trailer, but maybe in, in there, but he said there will be conquering. Nice. What, so I'm not sure if that actor was there or not. He said Jonathan Taylor uh, Major, so maybe it w- it wasn't yeah. in the trailer. Um, yeah, I am seeing more tweets confirming Modoc. Um, I am also seeing confirmation, even though he already kind of spoiled it a while ago, that Bill Murray is in Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania. Um, I do not know if he is Modoc. Nobody has actually said that. Uh, Jonathan Majors was in the room, so I see okay, a photo of him there. Okay, so he him. he was there. Okay, that that must have been him. Yeah, that's what he said though, and then about the, probably about the movie. So that's that's awesome. So we got you know, oh man, that's gonna be. I need we we need to have an actual like. Can we give it an official like studio like still image of Kang now? Just give it to us. Come on. Um, look, here's the way I feel about that kind of stuff. Um, whatever we get outside of the room is great. It's gravy. Like I, I, I don't think we're going to get everything and, and I don't, I don't think we're owed that. Like, you know, I, I think for the people who 
made uh, spent the time, money, effort to be in the room. I love the idea of them getting stuff that is, of course, just for them. And so, um, you know, we may not get uh, all of these updates, but look, in due time, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania comes out in February of next year, which is not that far off. So um, I think a lot of the images that people are seeing in Hall H today, uh, we will probably see... Um, if Marvel wants to be nice, uh, they can show it to some of us at D23 Expo in a month and a half. Um, but even short of that, you're probably going to get an Ant-Man trailer around the time uh, Wakanda Forever is about to come out. So, um, and certainly by the time, if you if we have if we don't already have it by the time Disney puts out Avatar um, later on this year, so uh, I, we're not too far off from seeing this stuff. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing Modok and and yeah. I've seen Modoc is in the movie. I have seen Bill Murray is in the movie. I have not seen Bill Murray is Modoc in the movie, although that would be kind of perfect. But I know it, there's it, I, there's other rumors about Modoc and who that is, but that's not officially released stuff. So I'm not gonna not gonna go into it, even though I just brushed up against it. Backing yeah, away. I, yeah, I'm uh, apparently um, it says Gamora leads the, the Ravagers. Apparently, according to Rob Liefeld from James Gunn. That's interesting. Well, it makes sense. Yeah. Because she's on her own. She's on her own, and we already know that, um, I mean, because there weren't that many Ravagers who were really present with the Guardians. I mean, you had mm. Kraglin, um, and I know they call him Ravager Thor, but also remember, though, the Ravagers have different factions. Mm. Yondu wasn't the only Ravager leader at the time he had his True. own mutiny. So mm. uh, Gamora could definitely have found a, a faction of Ravagers that uh, she took over and became the leader of, and I mean... It's very believable that if Gamora shows up somewhere, she's going to take over some Ravagers. And and that would be kind of, uh, it would make sense for her too, right? I mean, she's obviously aware of the Ravagers. I mean, this is a, a Gamora who was plucked from 2014 into the present day of the MCU. So, you know, sticking with something somewhat familiar, but, uh, and not having to worry about, uh, you know, Thanos anymore because he's dead. Um, yeah, she would have to, it, it makes sense that she would kind of, chart her own course, but also fall back into something that is somewhat familiar. Um, not that she's worked with the Ravagers before. This Gamora uh, has not, but it's at least something she's aware of um, and easy enough for her to fall into. It also kind of speaks to the patterns that people fall into because, hey, she kind of fell into becoming a guardian of the galaxy and, and that wasn't really uh, something she felt was right for her uh, when she was plucked from 2014. But then wouldn't you know it, she fell into being a leader of the Ravagers or maybe didn't fall into it, maybe just flat out went for it. Yeah, I, I guess they also, I guess they saw footage of Adam Warlock, which is awesome. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a uh, yeah. According to discussing film, James Gunn has said some stories have, uh, some stories have an end. Doesn't mean everyone dies. Um, so <laughs> James Gunn's saying, uh, not this is not even though he's said famously many times uh, that Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three is the end of his iteration of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, you know, just because it's the end, yeah. It, I don't think I ever thought everyone dies because um, these characters are are still going to live on and be part of other projects. Although, I mean, I know Dave Batista has said he's not necessarily interested in in playing uh, Drax without James Gunn, and he approached Guardians Three like it was going to be his last one. So maybe Drax is going to bite it in this one. I'm almost positive he will. Um, I'm actually very concerned for Rocket in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Believe it or not. Um, only because, uh, that is the character who, 
you know, maybe has for completing an arc of being such a self-serving character, even though I think he's largely gotten over that. He's kind of got that Tony Stark lay down on the wire sort of thing that could come his way. Also, because James Gunn has talked about on so many occasions about how um, Rocket is the character he relates to the most. It's the one who that's the most personal to him within the Guardians world. Uh, that if James Gunn were going to take someone out with him as he exits the Guardian, uh, Guardians franchise, wouldn't surprise me if it was Rocket. And not just because James Gunn is being selfish with Rocket. I think there's storytelling potential uh, that exists there as well. Um, so yes, I, I, I do think that at least one Guardians team member is going to die. I, don't, I never thought everyone was going to die. I think it's going to be at least one, maybe a couple, and yeah, the ones that I worry about the most are definitely uh, Drax and Rocket. Apparently, um, the trailer also kind of revealed a little bit about Rocket Raccoon's origins, and that yep. kind of so. That's, if that's also long been rumored slash uh, speculated. I remember. Oh, hold yeah. on. Oh, Shakuri Awuji from Peacemaker is playing confirmed in Hall H, the High Evolutionary in yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. And that was what drove a lot of the rumors and a lot of the, ex the speculation um, that that's the character he was going to play, that that was also going to be a huge thing that factors into Rocket's origin, that, uh, you know, the thing, you know, the, the person slash people or whatever, the per or the leader responsible for uh, pulling Rocket apart and putting him back together over and over and over again, as he talked about all the way back in the first Guardians movie, it's long been thought by fans that maybe that was the high evolutionary, um, and it appears maybe that's going to be the case because yeah the high evolutionary is in this movie uh played by shakuri awuji uh who those of you who saw the peacemaker hbo max series from james gunn earlier this year which was great uh yeah. and he was great in it uh, but james gunn has also been talking about on social how this guy is reaching a whole other level with what he was doing on set for guardians 3 uh, as the high evolutionary so uh that's a casting and a piece of news that largely speculated on and and not a surprise at all, but still very uh, excited. Hold oh, on. Oh, more news. Oh, my wow. Man. It doesn't stop. Cosmo will speak in Guardians of the Galaxy nice. Volume 3. Uh, voiced by Maria Bakalova is uh, going to be the one who uh, is Cosmo in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. So Cosmo had a cameo in uh, the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie, yep. as many of you recall, but did not speak. Uh, Cosmo does speak in the comic books, going back to the famous Albert and Landmine run from 2008 for Guardians of the Galaxy. That's famous in MCU fan show lore. Dan Abnett, Andy Lanning, uh, their run on Guardians of the Galaxy that really was the biggest source material inspiration uh, for the yeah. Guardians that you have seen uh, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Cosmo was a major character in that run, not just a cameo in the collector's collection, um, but was a huge part of it. Um, and hasn't had that role in the MCU, um, but definitely going to have a bigger role and now have a voice in Volume 3. Uh, so that's very cool and very exciting. I wonder, I, I guess it, it has to be the High Evolutionary gave Cosmo a voice, right? Yeah. Right? Like the voice is, I, or will it be treated, is it going to be treated as a new addition or is it going to be treated as, um, oh, Cosmo could always speak and you just never saw it? Um, but I, well, I'm inclined to think it's a new thing. And I think this is going to be, I, I, I expect the conversation already between Cosmo and Rocket um, talking about, uh, you know, basically mm. talking about what's happened, you know, and, and what the high evolutionary has been up to, to, to bring Rocket up to date. Yeah, I, I kind of feel that, Ro well, Cosmo and Rocket, um, they're probably going to be tied to, to a high evolutionary at some point. Um, I'm going to go with, I think Cosmo will always have been able to speak, but, you know. 
it, it because again he wasn't he captured in a in a collector's lab so he was really... but then like remember like it just goes up like when he escapes uh, after the explosion like in that uh, post-credit scene with howard the duck like just goes up and licks the collector like just very much acting like a dog um as opposed mm-hmm. to you know uh, because a dog. The, but because when the comics is still a dog but he just he gets he gains the um the ability to yeah, he mentally speaks. Mentally speak, yeah. So, so I guess that's off. well, I guess that's it, right? Is because there's a little device on his head, which yeah. although maybe it's just my own bias that I need to question. Cosmo, I, I always thought was a male dog. In I the comic was a male too, yeah. Um, but yeah. obviously, the voice is a woman with Maria yeah. Bakalova, so uh, I'm not sure. Uh, Maria Bakalova, I believe, is the one who was from the uh, what you call it? Oh my gosh, total brain fart on the name. Uh, what was the movie that she was in? Borat, the Borat sequel. That's that's who she is. So yeah, I think that's the one that because uh, she was recently um, in the trades as as being added to the cast, and that's it. She is the uh, the voice of Cosmo. Yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah, that's uh, very very cool. So the cast of Guardians Three is there, um, and now we'll wait and see what other additions we get. Uh, we are creeping up on. Uh, oh wow, and it looks like. Uh, Man, hopefully there's some video that gets shared of this. Looks like the, uh, sounds like the Guardians cast is pretty emotional on stage. Cause, I saw that, yeah. Yeah, um, that actually gets me a little emotional thinking about it. Because, yeah, the Guardians movies have meant a lot to me, for sure. Um, and, uh, I mean, of course, famously, they their first appearance at Hall H, I was not there for that. That was in 2013. Um, they were filming in London, flew all the way across the planet to show up uh, for, I don't know, 10 minutes or so. In Hall H, that was the one where like Karen Gillan snatched off her wig because back in those days for the first movie, she actually shaved her head bald to be Nebula. She hasn't had to do that since. Um, but she like threw her wig <laughs> in that one. Uh, and I remember, yeah, the Guardians, even though I wasn't there for that, just knowing that the cast had done that. And obviously, I know it's private plane and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, Marvel charters oh, the jet and they pay whatever. I don't care. You fly from London to San Diego uh, to just go say hey to some fans in Hall H and then get back on a plane and fly back halfway across the globe. That's a lot. And, and so, you know, I, I, I salute them and, and the way this cast has always been um, very engaged with the fans and, and, you know, step for step with the fans and, and their journey with these characters. And so, yeah, that's, I got to imagine, you know, that might be the uh, the most heartfelt moment, maybe, um, we'll see, uh, coming out of this uh, this panel um, so yeah, I'm sure that was a great moment to be there for. So hats off to anybody who's listening to this and they were in the room. I think it must, it must've been great to be a part of that moment. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, now that you're listening to this, hopefully your tears have dried, but I wouldn't blame you for shedding a few <laughs> when this happened, yeah. you know, nothing, you know, nothing gets you emotional like other people getting emotional, especially when, uh, you, yeah. you just know how, how real it is for them. You know, I'm after thinking about all this too, um, with wrapping things up, phase five could be the um the last transition to in in this uh, multiverse saga, which it sounds like we're getting. Um well, I've got breaking news from the footage. Look, According to discussing film, uh, we are definitely gonna get flashbacks for Rocket's origin. There is a baby rocket raccoon that appears in the footage from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three that was shown today. That's so, awesome. you know, which, of course, you know, we're going to get baby rocket all the way back through the days spent with the high evolutionary. So that makes sense. But also, you know, on the adorable meter, you know, that's that's going to push uh, baby Groot and give him a run for his money. Yeah. And also push lots and lots of merch for baby raccoon. Oh, my so gosh, dude, it's, it's done. Even it's, though like, this is how weird the Disney merchandising machine is. Um, 
it's not a happy story <laughs> for Rocket at this point uh, in his life. Um, uh, maybe James Gunn will find a way to make it have some happy moments in it. So that way, <laughs> I don't know. I'd feel really bad, uh, you know, having a baby Rocket plushie. Um, and meanwhile, yeah. like all the scenes about that are, you know, incredibly sad and, and traumatic. So, but James Gunn knows how to balance uh, heart, humor, and happiness, even within some of the worst of circumstances, without undercutting uh, the weight of that. So, maybe there there will be a, an ability to have a, a baby rocket plush and be, uh, you know, guilt free. Yeah. yeah, and and so with with all this this feel this phase five feels like the. Uh, Phase four was definitely a transition. Like they're they're introducing lots of new things, and also ending certain things. Mm-hmm. And so phase five is a continuation of that. You have you know it was the ending of of the Falcon character, if if you will, and then the birth of Captain America, and then now you have him coming up in his own film in phase five. You then now have the ending of the Guardians, um, you know, in in this phase as well. And what that will mean for you know, all their characters and storylines going forward. Cause like, like James get said, I don't think everyone's going to die, but where are they going to show up next? Who knows? Um, you know, it, it's interesting. It feels like there's, there's a culmination of endings and beginnings. It feels like walk on forever is going to be both an ending and a beginning probably. Um, you know, it, there's, it's very fascinating what they're going to do with phase five. And it feels like phase four and five are both going to be this transitionary phases. And then phase th- uh, uh, six will be, the ultimate, I think, the real beefy, um, I think, I'm not sure it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be a conclusion necessarily, because I think you've got so much, you got to introduce, like the Fantastic Four still, which, again, that could be coming any second. Um, but I think it's probably going to be, you know, with Thunderbolts, it's going to be the first phase we have in Avengers film, like the first Avengers will return, and then the next phase will be the conclusion of this multiverse saga, because it'll be the Avengers, the Avengers, the Avengers will need to return, right? Because of Thunderbolts or something like that, they'll come in and oh, then... Hold on, uh, Paul. Start checking Twitter because uh, Shakuti Awuji is in Hall H in full costume as the what? High Evolutionary. So if you want to see what the High Evolutionary looks like, um, you can see it. Oh, God. Where is this right now? Come on. Where I will. Uh, I'll text it to you so you can pull it up on your uh, on your Twitter. People. Here's a link coming your way. Suck. Y'all suck. Why? <laughs> Give me Awuji. Give me Awuji. I got to be honest. Um... This does not excite me like the Kang costume does. I mean, it's, um, look, it's not great lighting for <laughs> in the photo that I see, um, but still looks, I mean, looks like the high evolutionary, and that's cool that he showed up in uh, in full costume. That's that's pretty amazing. Where Where's his mask? Where's the high evolutionary mask? I don't like that. Uh, maybe it will be, uh, maybe it will be there, and, and maybe like, well, look, I understand not adding the mask for Comic Con because it's probably a mask he can't see in. Um, sure. So if he has to walk through a crowd of uh, sixty-five hundred people, I could understand why maybe uh, that wouldn't be uh, the easiest uh, thing to do. But uh, I hope it's a mask. I, I really do. I mean, I'm, maybe there probably is. I'm assuming, but you know, yeah. it, it looks fine. It looks it looks like the you know. I, I wish the High Evolutionary had that really cool silver, like, metal plating thing I liked, but, you know, it's whatever. That's fine. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Will Poulter is there. Of course, we already know that he's playing Adam Warlock in the film. Um, haven't seen any descriptions or, or anything about uh, what Adam Warlock might look like in the footage. Um Nice quote yeah. from Sean Gunn so, here, according to Discussing Film. We talked about the cast being emotional on stage. Um, 
Sean Gunn saying, we freaking care, only you didn't use freaking. Uh, we do. It extends to all of us. It's the most beautiful thing when all your colleagues are on the same page. So, yeah, all, obviously all the Guardians uh, actors. Yeah, this one's going to mean a lot to them. And, you know, also nice for Will Port- uh, Will uh, and uh, Chikuti to be a part of this because, hey, I mean, uh, you get to jump into this franchise that already has so much love, of course, from the fans and obviously your writer-director, James Gunn, and this cast. But um, also it's a great environment to go be the new guy in because you get to put your own stamp on it, you know, as it comes toward this, uh, this conclusion. I mean, I think, uh, I'm obviously, you know, big fan of the guardians franchise and I'm, I'm much higher on volume two than I know you are Paul and a lot of other folks, but, yes. um, yeah, I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty stoked on this, but this is actually one where, um, my FOMO doesn't hit me. Um, my FOMO hits me for missing the emotional moment. I, I mean, look, when they put out trailers, I'm going to watch them. Um, but I don't need to see anything for this movie. I know what the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise is at this point, um, so I don't have to really wonder about that. I already know that I am uh, insanely excited about this movie, and yeah, I, I can't wait to see them. You know, really, uh, I, I really can't wait to see what they what they do. But when I say that, I can't wait to see the whole thing, not just a, a trailer. Yeah, and and so. Really quick, I just want to wrap this up. I, I just feel that like the, the next phase will one thousand percent be have an Avengers film. I just I feel like we're building up towards that. I think Kang is is kind of lurking in the background, and what's probably gonna and I almost think this prediction. I'm gonna There's say this right now. Better look at the costume and the headgear wrapping around his face now. Uh, discuss that disgusting that. film shared. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, basically a bigger shot of him on the screen. Uh, that looks a lot better to me. Like it was you know just really really bad yeah. lighting in that first thing that they shared. But now he's up on stage. It's a deeper purple, uh, which is always good. And yeah. yeah, it looks like, you know, that frame kind of around his face. I mean, it looks like the kind of thing that could hold on a mask. But I also know, I mean, all actors use their faces, right? But I mean, Shakuri Awuji like has, you know, that's there were some moments in Peacemaker where oh, like, yeah, sure. his, his facial movements were pretty strong. And like, I could see this being a guy who's super animated and you know you don't necessarily want to cover him up with a mask what would be nice is if he's got like a battle helmet battle mask whatever that shows up at some point but if they want to um use that wonderful face for a lot of the movie or most of his time on screen i'm actually fine with that because i think he's probably gonna be pretty interesting to watch um every second that he's on that screen and and listen like like you said give him give him whoa here we go as I said, an Avengers movie that would wrap up Phase 5, Avengers, The Kang Dynasty, oh, will release confirmed. on May 5th, 2025. Wow. So um, just over six years after Avengers Endgame, we get Avengers, The Kang Dynasty. Holy crap. I am, um, there is a surge of excitement oh, going through wait, wait, me. Multiverse Saga confirmed. Okay, that was also something that people were talking about. Whoa, Secret Wars. Avengers Secret Wars. Whoa, November 8th, 2025. Holy crap. Two Avengers movies in the same year. Wow. Whoa. Whoa. Here we were thinking Secret Wars was like at the The end after 10 years. Yeah. Whoa, the multiverse saga concludes with, I'm guessing, uh, the Kang Dynasty and then Avengers Secret Wars. Holy crap. 
I know there was some stuff that came out about Marvel trademarking certain domains and whatever and certain names and Disney trademarking those things and it included these things, Avengers, the Kang Dynasty, yep. Avengers Secret Wars. Um, but wow, wow, wow. I did not expect that. Yep, the Whoa. multiverse saga from phase four to phase five. Oh, wow, okay. This is me loving branding, nerding out. It's the same font, like lettering and color scheme as the Infinity Saga. I love that they keep that for each saga. Yep. Wow, here's another huge, huge difference, Paul. The Infinity Saga. Now, in terms of total number of stories, uh, the Multiverse Saga is going to be bigger <laughs> because of the Disney Plus shows. Sure, sure, um, sure. Or actually, I'm going to have to do that math and make sure I'm make sure I'm right about that. I might not be. Um, but think about that. The Infinity Saga stretches from 2008 to 2019. It took 11 years to play all of that out. Um, the Multiverse Saga did not begin until 2021, and so in five, but in 2021 through the end of uh, 2025. Uh, so, uh, like in that five year span, we are going to go through an entire saga, which we thought might happen. I even, I, I knew that because of the sheer number of projects, it was not going to take 10 years or 11 years to conclude another saga. I was thinking maybe six or seven, uh, Marvel studios uh, shows what I know and they do it in five. <laughs> Holy crap. Um, but uh, Paul, what is still, Okay. I can't believe it. I I'm feel in like, shock. I feel I'm like I, I know, and and I feel like the biggest freaking jerk in the world right now. Um, but wow. uh, the Fantastic Four are currently not in this multiverse saga. They have to. Uh, are they? I mean, I don't know. Maybe this is still coming though, because like they they haven't concluded the panel. The panel is not yet over. They can't. They can't do that right now. You can't have like I don't know how you would do Secret Wars and uh, the Kang Dynasty and all of that and and not have Fantastic Four. Um, I I, I think you can. I, I don't think I think well, it's too much. Hang on, I'm I'm gonna correct myself because another uh wonderful uh fantasy thought just popped into my head. These movies would be a wonderful place to introduce the real Fantastic Four. Not to be confused with whatever happened in Multiverse of Madness, but the real Fantastic Four, for them to swoop in and help save the day in these movies would be a great way to lead into their own movie. Um, that would be something to maybe think about, but, um, you know what? Uh, yeah, I, I can't do this. I, I got to stop and, and shame on me for doing it, uh, for focusing on what's not there, yeah. uh, instead of what's there. Oh, wow. Man. Like I, I'm shocked. I am shocked at how much, uh, although I'm not entirely shocked. Like there was a lot of, uh, hold on. What the hell? Fantastic four, November 8th, 2024. They are going to be part of it. Are they about to announce the cast of Fantastic Four? Are they Whoa. about to announce the new director? Let's see. What is going on? It's blowing up. And this is very, this is why, you know, there was a lot of speculation that this could happen 
because you had, this is the way they've done it. This is the way they ended the Marvel Studios Hall H panel in 2016 when they introduced Brie Larson as Captain Marvel. Go back three years ago, 2019. They end the panel by bringing out Mahershala Ali and introducing him as Blade. Now we have a release date for Fantastic Four. As I mentioned, there was still a November 2024 movie that was missing. That's going to be Fantastic Four, which means, Paul, less than two and a half years until finally, finally, the FF in the MCU. What is going on? Let's see if we're about to get some other announcements. Okay, um... They have moved on. Wow, they did not follow up uh, the announcement of Fantastic Four with a... Uh, they did not follow that up with uh, the cast of FF. Well, they have now moved on to... Uh, they have now moved on to Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Uh, there is currently a live musical performance happening in Hall H. I'm looking forward to seeing some videos of that. Um, but um, yeah, so I, I think here's probably how this is going to go down. Uh, we're going to get some stuff on Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Uh, we're about to all meet, a, a, I think, a very iconic character in the history of Marvel uh, that will be introduced in this in a trailer. And I'm guessing it's only a few months away now, this movie. So good chance that the what they'll probably play more footage in Hall H, but there will probably be a trailer that we get to enjoy online. I'm guessing slash hoping for uh, Black Panther Wakanda forever. Wow. Um, this is just, uh, whew, this is a lot. Uh, uh, wow. I'm, I'm, I'm overwhelmed, um, but yeah. I am not surprised that this is the case. I knew there were a lot of people who were thinking that Marvel would save most of their announcements and save the biggest things for D23 Expo. And selfishly, I would have been fine with that because I'm going to be at D23 Expo, wasn't able to get down to San Diego Comic-Con, but I also didn't, I never expected that to be the case because you go back three years ago and Marvel Marvel Studios, true to their roots, they go bigger at Comic-Con than they do at D23, historically. Now, I guess there was one time when that was the reverse. That was when they debuted the first ever Avengers Infinity War footage and had the whole cast or a huge chunk of the cast come out at D23 Expo. And then a week later, uh, they focused more on Thor Ragnarok and Black Panther at uh, San Diego Comic-Con. So that panel at Comic-Con didn't feel quite as big as the Avengers Infinity War presentation at D23, but they still came out, the Russos did, and played that Infinity War footage for the Comic-Con crowd, even if they didn't get the big cast lineup. So, um, but then you go to 2019, and you look at all the Phase 4 projects that we have now all seen. They announced everything at the Comic-Con panel except... Miss Marvel, Moon Knight, and She-Hulk. Three Disney Plus series is what they saved for D23 Expo. The rest, they announced at San Diego Comic-Con. So historically, they have gone bigger at San Diego Comic-Con. Um, and so I'm, I'm not surprised by the volume of this. Um, but wow, uh, the Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars, two Avengers movies, Paul, in the same year. That was actually how it was supposed to be. For those who remember the Phase 3 announcement way back in October of 2014, uh, Avengers Infinity War back when they were called part one and part two, uh, I believe actually, no, the, even then they were supposed to come out a year apart. They weren't uh, the same year, but wow, a, a year where we will have an Avengers movie in May and another one in November, Paul, I'm, I'm walking on air right now. <laughs> I am, like, I, I am, I am just happy. <laughs> wow. Well, it, yeah, oh, man, it, it, this again, we're it, now with the multiverse saga, it's, 
it's going to be very much so it's in the landscape of the Avengers will look so, so radically different by the end of this thing. It's going to be nuts. Um, wow. I mean, obviously there, there's going to be room for more announcements and more films like no way home wasn't announced on this originally, um, for the right. original phase five. Yeah, um, there, There's always the, uh, the Sony exemption, right? <laughs> like, right. Like there has to be because you know it's not it's not owned by Disney, so they don't control the Disney does not control the promotion of those movies. Yeah, and that no, I, and that includes Comic Con. Now they have been able to add on things to like they did Homecoming as part of the Marvel Studios Hall H presentation, and I believe they did some stuff. No, they didn't do anything for Far From Home because they were not at Comic Con in 2018. Um, so uh, if memory serves, or maybe they. I know they were at Comic-Con in 2018. I'm going to have to look that up. Um, but uh, I, I think, no, I think that was the year they skipped. I, I think, I'm pretty sure they skipped 2018 because I know they had a time where they took a year off because they didn't have enough to uh, to announce. And I, I believe that was 2018. But uh, in any event, uh, yeah, because they left us hanging. They didn't want to say anything between Infinity War uh, and Endgame, and they weren't going to show a lot of uh, Far From Home uh, famously. There, wasn't, there was a lot more of the marketing that came out after uh, Endgame had come out. Um, but yeah, a Spider-Man movie may be a part of this, so that it's worth, uh, it's a good point on your part, Paul, to, to make note that, yeah, that um, No Way Home came out in 2021. There is no way, no way, that Sony is going to not have a Spider-Man movie between 2021 and the end of 2025. I would be shocked. That would be one of the, one of the most yeah. shocking things in the history of the superhero movie genre to me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think it's going to happen. I, I think we're, to be honest, didn't, I'm going to spitball here. This is exclusive for all you uh, fan show people. I oh, first. Okay. I, hold on. I, I props to discussing film for, uh, you know, for transcribing this and, and getting it out. But, um, okay. Yeah. This is, I'm emotional just watching this from home and, and looking at, at Twitter updates, but you know, we talked about the Guardians moment, and obviously with Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, you know, we talk about the legacy of Chadwick Boseman, and Coogler on stage got emotional talking about sitting next to Chadwick Boseman to watch uh, for the mm. first look at Black Panther five years ago at San Diego Comic-Con. That was a magical moment. I remember that at San Diego Comic-Con 2017, um, and the Guardians cast just totally flipping out for that. Um, and Ryan Coogler on Chadwick Boseman says, quote, I promise you that I can feel his arm on my shoulder right now, end quote. Just, oh, man. Uh, That's nuts. What a, a beautiful, beautiful soul Chadwick Boseman was and is. And, and of yep. course, uh, Ryan Coogler as well. And just, wow. Um Things are emotional in Hall H today. That That's for Still sure. Going. And, <laughs> Still going. Oh, man. So now the full cast of Black Panther Wakanda Forever is on stage at SDCC. I have not heard... Any other cast names being called? I am trying to. Uh, it's hard with the picture I have right now to really zoom in. Um, but they got to be. They have to be on the on the brink of showing footage, um, and that means uh, that there would be most likely Paul. Um, you know, sure. a, an answer to the question. But and that footage could answer the question of who is the next Black Panther. Okay, hold on. Official confirmation that uh, Tenoch Huerta is, in fact, Namor in uh, Black Panther Wakanda nice. Forever. And Dominic Thorne, who we already knew because Kevin Feige told us, uh, making her debut as Riri Williams uh, slash Ironheart in uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. 
Um, so that is uh, awesome and of note uh, as well. So it's official. Uh, I mean, although I think pretty much everybody knew that's yeah, who Huerta was going to play. Um, but yeah, I wow. Uh, Namor, I mean, oh, man. Fantastic Four debuting in the MCU. Namor debuting in the MCU. Like these are major, major things that uh, we are on the cusp of. Like, oh mm-hmm. man, oh, <laughs> this is awesome. Wow, I'm like, yeah, I'm. Uh, I am well, elated. Uh, <laughs> so, you <laughs> this know, is great. And I'm sure we're gonna get a trailer anytime because I, it makes sense for this movie right now to get some kind of teaser. But there's got to really be quick, something, yeah. Yeah. So really, really quick, I. My quick prediction of Secret Wars, it's not just going to be, it's going to be um, freaking uh, just Easter egg central. I, my prediction, I think Hugh Jackman will be back. I think there's going to be Andrew Garfield or Tobey Maguire. There's going to be, um, uh, this is Secret Wars. This means multiverse. And it's the multiverse saga, right? Yep. It's going to be. Yeah. All the Easter eggs in the world. And I think that's where I think the Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire, the No Way Home yeah. stuff, all that's going to tie into the Secret Wars. So it's going to be an Avengers movie, but it's it's going to be like kind of like uh, it. But it's not going to be like the, you know, like Infinity War. It's going to be this weird. It's going to have some of the heavy hitters headers that we want to see or they want to prop, you know, or, or whatever the fans I think they, they, they know want to see in this movie. But it's going to be probably all of them facing each other, then eventually teaming up to fight Kang. That's my, that's my, my prediction. They'll fight them at first. They'll, they'll fight each other because that's what Beyonder did in the original comic books. And they eventually, you know, snap out of it. And here's another thing for y'all. If Fantastic Four, not if it, Fantastic Four comes out before all that, Dr. Doom probably will be involved. That's a Disney plus series. that will be announced. I'm, that's my other prediction. And then Dr. Doom will yeah. be a part of this as well. Coming to uh D 23, hopefully. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Save so me I something think, for D 23. My goodness. So um, I, that's what I think. So I think yeah. we're going to get Andrew Garfield, Tom McGuire. One of those two, if not both will be in Hugh Jackman. They will be in secret wars. Write it down right now. And Tony Stark will be there too. Yeah, so I'm also seeing, obviously, Winston Duke is on stage, so M'Baku is there, uh, Florence Kasumba, who plays Io, who, of course, reprised that role most recently in The Falcon Winter Soldier. She is on stage, perhaps suggesting that she will have uh, an increased role, and I would be excited for that, because you know what? She's one of the Midnight Angels who've never uh, taken on that identity and that superhero style in the MCU like Io has in the comic book, so... I know there's a lot going on in this movie already, so I don't want to put it out there that that's definitely going to happen. But hey, if it does, uh, I would flip for it. But also just love seeing Florence Kasumba out there um, and seeing, um, you know, seeing uh, Io probably have an elevated role uh, in this movie. And I, I definitely think this is going to be one where the ensemble is going to is going to carry this thing. Um, and I am. I'm so excited about it. I mean, obviously, it's going to be an incredibly emotional experience in the as it already is just following along with this panel as it will be in the lead up to this movie. And then, of course, actually uh, actually watching it. But, uh, yeah, this is just uh, wow. This is (laughs) this is this is really amazing. Yeah, I I was not anticipating all this to be to be honest. I thought some some of that stuff sounded a little bit, you know, whatever. But now I'm like, wow, I'm I'm a. Whoa, Secret Wars, man. I'm telling you, it's gonna this is where you use you use this movie to spearhead and remind people that Tony Stark can be brought back. He'll be a part of it in some other alternate universe, or that Tony Stark, you know, have 
to have Robert Downey Jr. back, you know, and have maybe if that happens, you know, if <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, but I'm just saying that's that this is where you use that as a vehicle to bring those like Hugh Jackman have a movie where it that to me seems a culmination of, you know, honoring what's here now and what's what's come before and everything because now you have Fox and Mar or D, you know yeah. Fox and Disney all together. So that's where my I'm sticking to it, man. I'm telling you, that's we, they've, they've already given us a little of a hint of that in Multiverse of Madness. This with incursions and things like that. That's where we're going to be getting yeah. in this movie. Well, and you got to think that you know there's other characters that have been introduced and um, very recently in the MCU, and you know they don't have uh, at least not in name, you know, a sequel or another appearance in this mm -hmm. Phase Five schedule. So, and and of course with the caveat that more could be on the way at D23 Expo. But um, Yelena is probably part of Thunderbolts, so there's your Black Widow part of that. And and Red Guardian could very easily factor into that equation as well um, if uh, he gets a follow-up, and I think he will somewhere. Um, Shang-Chi is one that, I'm is one that I, I know that they've been talking about doing a sequel and bringing back Destin Daniel Cretton for it, um, but it's not on this schedule. Yeah, so well, very interesting. Doesn't mean it can't be added, because um, again, uh, there's more announcements always, uh, in, always on the way from Marvel Studios. But um, it will be uh, so. Oh, Michaela Cole is there. We already knew that she was added to the cast of Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. Uh, not sure yet uh, exactly what role she is playing. So hopefully we'll get uh, an answer to that. Uh, but she is on stage in in Hall H. Um, but yeah, for Shang-Chi, maybe there's a sequel that gets slotted in here somewhere, or, um, if not, then obviously his story is going to continue within these movies. And he's already been, uh, been brought into the larger picture of the MCU. Um, Dr. Strange, um, you know, his story is actually set up to go right into this. He doesn't need another movie, you know, him and Clea working on incursions. That's Secret Wars territory. So, like, we could very easily pick up uh, those two characters, probably get an update somewhere along the way via a mid or post credit scene. Um, but I, I think we'll get them in there. Uh, maybe uh, Hercules confronts Thor somewhere over the uh, the course of these movies. Um, so I, I I don't know. And then, although maybe there may already be things that they've planted seeds for that are going to continue in Phase Six. <laughs> Not yep. everything uh, that they're doing right now is going to culminate in uh, phase five because there is just so much. But man, um, wow, uh, I'm I'm so incredibly excited about all of this. I don't yes. even know. I'm clearly, you just hear me giggling, like I am giddy uh, over this news. Like I am so excited Same. about where uh, Marvel Studios is going with this stuff. And I'm just, uh, right now, I'm just frantically refreshing to see uh, when we get uh, checking my Twitter notifications to see if Marvel Studios tweets out a uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever uh, uh, trailer. And that would just kind of be the uh, the icing on the cake of this one. Um, I do wonder uh, with Fantastic Four, though, while we're you know waiting to see what else may happen in this panel, so far uh, we got the date, um, but no casting, no new director, Maybe that's something that will be saved for D23, and that would actually kind of make sense. Like, why promote Fantastic Four once when you could do it twice? Um, but also, worth noting, very possible, they don't have that yet. Um, I, I think 
You know, John Watts, it wasn't that long ago that he left, and now they have made they maybe have known for even longer than that um, that he was going to leave before a word got out to all of us, and that's probably true. Um, but doesn't mean they started their search right away, because if they start a search right away, then the news is going to get out that they're looking for a new director for Fantastic Four before maybe the world is, uh, they want the world to know that. Um, but I, I think the director search, the casting search, we don't know the status of those things right now, and, and perhaps that's, a, perhaps Marvel Studios did not announce those things in Hall H today. Um, yes, okay, so uh, Michaela Cole's character is going to be Anika, in Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. So um, if memory serves, I believe uh, Anika is the other member of the Midnight Angels. So we talked about uh, Florence Kasumba being on stage with perhaps being an indication of a larger role in Black Panther, Wakanda Forever for Io. Well, Anika is there. You know, they have been a couple in the comic books and they have uh, gone on to actually be key figures in the Dora Milaje as members of the Dora Milaje who actually ended up going against the throne for uh, a, a little while in the comic books during the ta Coates run because, well, the throne had some was standing for some things that it shouldn't have stood for. Um, and so they went on to become the Midnight Angels. So um, and I, I wondered when Michaela Cole was cast if maybe that's who she would play. And it looks like that is, uh, that is in fact, uh, going to be the case, that she is Anika. And now, um, I gotta believe that means the Midnight Angels team-up is happening. I don't know if they'll get the, the super cool Midnight Angels suits, um, but I, I love seeing this. Uh, I mean, this whole world of Wakanda is really expanding in this movie. And so, um, would not... Oh, here we go. And it is online. We can't watch it just yet, because we're doing this, but... Uh, we have a trailer for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. So uh, we will watch this and then give you our thoughts once the panel has concluded. Um, well, right now I'm looking at it visually. I, I can't stop myself. So, um, you know, we have uh, clearly, okay, it, it definitely looks like this is uh, people in mourning for uh, T'Challa from what I can tell right now. Um, so in which we expected to be, you know, reflected in this uh, in this film. So um, but right now I can tell you, right, this movie looks gorgeous. Uh, I'm not hearing the audio, but it looks uh, it looks amazing. And I'm going to uh, I'm going to wait until I see it on the. Yeah. The yeah. So, wow. Um, this is uh, this is pretty incredible. And, and this may be what actually, uh, you know, this may be what actually brings uh brings it home for for comic con we we shall see um there may be another surprise after this um I'm, we'll we'll hold out until we actually hear word and, and see some tweets that the panel is in fact over um i'm also curious to see if uh they get more um if they get more on uh in the room than we get uh online but uh, wow, this is uh, I, I cannot wait. We, we've got some trailers to uh, to catch up on. Oof. And uh, I, I can't. I, wow. This is uh, this is going to be exciting. But holy crap, Paul. Um, yeah. Wow. A, as we as we move you know, toward what should be the end of this panel, um, this I wasn't even here. And I can tell you uh, or I wasn't there in the room. Uh, no question. Like this is like all timer territory for Marvel Studios Hall H yeah. panels. 
Um, and there have been some great ones. And uh, this one was uh, was certainly, you know, right up. No doubt for those in the room, this is going to go down. Oh, there is another Black Panther at the very end of that trailer. Um, that from what I saw, <laughs> the visuals, uh, I'm going to need some time to uh, study that trailer and come back to it. Um, but I we're going to wait um, and then. Uh, oh, wow. And there's a oh, wow, a great poster for Black Panther Wakanda Forever that they just released. Um, but that is the T'Challa Black Panther. Um, mm. So obviously a, a tribute to him. Um, this is going to be just a, a crazy, oh, crazy great. two and a half years that <laughs> is going to, no, three and a half years uh, that's going to play out over the MCU. Oh, man. Um I guess, yeah, I don't know how we're going to cover it all, but we will, we will, yeah, life, life finds a way and so do podcasters. So we will find a way uh, to cover this. And it's a good problem to have, to have so much Marvel um, to talk about, but this is just, wow, this is absolutely, um, this is absolutely stunning with what Marvel Studios has put out today. I mean, there's nothing here that wasn't like, rumored or talked about before the panel i mean there's nothing that totally came out of left field because as i said there was already just days before this a little bit of a hint about uh secret wars and uh about i'm sorry event about the kang dynasty and secret wars as the next two avengers movies but nothing nothing that told us that we were going to get those for sure during this marvel studios hall h panel and also that we were going to get both of them uh, in the same year. That is absolutely nuts. That is freaking nuts. You know, I'm saying freaking, but I'm thinking the other one uh, <laughs> it is mind boggling. And I, I see some people sharing some things from, uh, you know, some screenshots now of the trailer and, and stuff like that. Uh, we do not yet have uh, confirmation, at least not that I'm seeing uh, that the panel has in fact ended, so I don't know that uh, Kevin Feige is done yet. Uh, we will, uh, we will stay on this. Uh, we will stay on this podcast uh, until it's done, and then we will uh, until the panel is over. We will pause it. Although I'm going to include making an executive editorial decision at this point. Uh, we will react to the Black Panther: Wakanda Forever on this podcast. There will just be a, a little break uh, before. Not that. You won't have to live through that break <laughs> through the miracle of editing. It'll just roll right into it. Um, but we will uh, include our Black Panther Wakanda Forever trailer thoughts in this podcast because, um, yeah, it's been uh, it's only fitting that we make sure we include it in this podcast because, wow, there is uh, it has been a staggering amount of information, a staggering amount of things and stories that are on the way. And I once again, uh, I'm just so, so happy to be a fan of Marvel, of comic books, of Marvel in every form that we get it, mm-hmm. uh, including the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Paul. Um, just when I think like it, it can't possibly be a, a bigger and even better time to be a fan, like Marvel Studios, you know, you know watch this. <laughs> and then they come out and they just, you know, they give us, years worth of uh of amazing things to look forward to and i am i'm so stoked for for where this is this all appears to be headed there's a lot to there's so much to digest in this this is this all this is basically content we could do for like months and months 
in months. It's just, uh, it's, it's, I'm overwhelmed. I'm like, I have no idea where to even start. No, I, I think, you know, we will probably need to do, uh, give this some time and do a, a separate podcast of like, yeah. Right now, my head is spinning. We will watch the Wakanda Forever trailer and, yeah. uh, you know, and, and check that out and then see, you know, how we feel um, uh, and then, or watch that and, and talk about it. Um, and that'll be the end of this episode of the podcast. Um, we will follow up uh, on Fan Show Plus. Uh, we will cover uh, the She-Hulk trailer. We'll make sure we get to that. We will also talk about some of the stuff uh, for Marvel Studios animation uh, so that stuff will be covered uh, over on Fan Show Plus, which you can get at patreon.com slash Sean Gerber. Or if you search for Fan Show Plus or the MCU Fan Show channel on Apple Podcasts, you can find it there and subscribe and get uh, that podcast that is exclusive to premium subscribers and lots of stuff that we do uh, over on Fan Show Plus. So uh, that is definitely worth checking out. Uh, I still have not seen anybody actually say that the panel is over. We are definitely running into uh, Kevin Smith's time uh, on the panel. So it is, uh, as I uh, currently speak, um, it is uh, 6.31 p.m. Pacific time. Nobody has, uh, nobody has said it's, uh, it's over, although I'm seeing like all the emotions in Hall H, all of them. Yeah, that, that sounds like uh, exactly what happened. And so, yeah, we have the, uh, oh, wow, just from what I'm seeing via pictures here, just terrific moments of uh, the cast of Black Panther Wakanda forever all embracing because you can, you can only imagine um, just, you can, you can only imagine just how uh, emotional that, imagine. that experience, uh, that experience must be for all of them. And obviously for us as fans, uh, I do have the, the official press release from Disney with the Marvel Studios panel and announcements has just hit my inbox. Uh, that is also a pretty good indication that uh, the panel has concluded. So I think what we will do now, although it sounds like it's over, hold on. I'm just doing one last check. There actually is, uh, looks like an image that people shared of Michaela Cole in the Wakanda Forever trailer, and that does look very Midnight Angels-esque, although no uh, no helmet. Um but uh, yeah, I, I think this is uh, this was definitely an all timer that uh, that happened here and that happened in, in Hall H from Marvel Studios. And uh, wow, they've just uh, it looks like they blew the roof off the place, but then also reached right in and, and touched the hearts of sixty five hundred people in the room and everybody else. And, you know, millions more following along from home or, or wherever you may be at. Um, and yeah, I mean, that. Uh, I'm sure as you're listening to this, it's all after the fact because you were following along uh, as all of this stuff happened. Um, but just, you know, what what an amazing panel, Paul. I, I, I don't I, I'm yeah. thinking this is it. I haven't seen an official confirmation yet. I'm thinking this is it. But wow, uh, what a show by Marvel Studios. We weren't even there. And look at all the fun we had. Yeah, no, I, I it was a blast. I mean, it kept. Every time I thought it was going to be just kind of winding down, they kept blowing us away. And I knew we were going to get some kind of Wakanda Forever trailer. I can't wait to watch that. We'll obviously cover that in a second. But uh, wow, there's a, you know, it it feels like the multiverse saga isn't going obviously as long as the the Infinity Saga, as I don't think it should, obviously. Um, I like the fact that it's going to go run a little bit, but it's not going to be as long. 
and uh, what what that could what that could eventually set up. I don't know. It's it's crazy what what we're going to be getting because again, we haven't gotten any sequels to Shang Chi yet. We haven't gotten any, anything you know responding to <coughs> excuse me the Eternals. I mean, say what you want about the movie. It leaves a very, very a cliffhanger, basically. Oh, hey, they're you know? they're part of this. They're part of Kang Dynasty, Secret Wars. They're they're getting in on this. Um, I, I hope so. It's well, actually, it, hold on. Um, I, I think there's a good chance they are, but there's also um, in the way to not have an answer to this and and make a and why predict one things when you can predict two and have two chances of being right. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, that could be one of the seeds that actually gets saved for another saga. Exactly. That's what I'm thinking, too. Um, yeah. I mean, why cram it into this one when you I mean, obviously, if it's integral to the story that they've already mapped out, they're going to do it. Um, well, but I think Galactus could be I think maybe the Devourer of wor- Worlds could be potentially where they go next. Could be. I mean, oh, man. Or if Doom doesn't factor into um, the multiverse saga, oh, then, yeah. then Doom would yeah. be a great villain. I mean, after. <laughs> The super cosmic Thanos, the multiversal Kang, getting back down to Earth for a, a saga with Doctor Doom would make a lot of sense to me. Um, not to say that there won't still be other cosmic things happening. I'm sure there would be, um, but yeah, you could definitely do um, some other stuff. So um, it doesn't seem like I'm not seeing any more tweets coming from Hall H, which means uh, probably that. Um, Nobody really uh, it took the time to tweet like that's the end of the panel. <laughs> like they're all just shuffling out of Hall H or they're all just sitting in stunned silence uh, at this point, which uh, I, I think would totally make sense and be completely valid. So what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and uh, pause the show for us. Um, not so much for you, but uh, we're going to take a quick break. We will watch the Black Panther Wakanda Forever trailer and then we will be back with you. And if in that time uh, that we're watching the trailer and talking about it, Marvel Studios does somehow come back out on stage and share more information in Hall H, obviously we'll go ahead and cover it, uh, but we will take a break right now, and then uh, we will watch that uh, Wakanda Forever trailer that you've already seen, and you'll get our immediate thoughts uh, on it. So uh, we will be right back. See, I told you we'd be back. So oh. here we are. through the, right. uh, As I said before, miracle of editing. We're right back here, uh, right where we just left off. We needed to go watch that Black Panther Wakanda Forever trailer. We have seen it. Wow, Paul. Um, this just, uh, I can't imagine how it would have felt. Uh, I can only imagine how it felt in the room. So, uh, yeah, a little envious of those of you who are in Hall H for all of those amazing moments. But good for you for being there. That's that's really uh, awesome. And for those of us following along at home, Wow, uh, it was uh, it's been an emotional scene, even though we weren't witnessing it in the room. Um, and that just continues and, and really um, culminates with uh, with this trailer. I loved it, and I, I know it's it's hard with a movie like this to go into it and, and try to look at it objectively. But um, mm. I don't know that we approach any of these things objectively. It's entirely subjective, but at the same time, that all the feelings and all the emo- all the emotions surrounding this movie, I, I think, pose advantages in terms of uh, obviously we're a lot of us are going to be very sympathetic towards the film and, and engaging with it on that level, empathetic toward the film, and at the same time though, like it also we have expectations, right? Like this is a movie that can't let people down. There's so much that people are kind of counting 
on this movie for in terms of uh, a collective and also individual emotional catharsis that, that goes into this. And there was a lot about this movie that was always going to be so incredibly difficult to bring it all together. And look, this is just a trailer at this point, so we will see with the final film. But based on what I have seen so far in this trailer, I am stunned and I am just beyond impressed by this first look at Black Panther Wakanda Forever. I think everything about this, I think it is already showing itself to be such a beautiful, beautiful tribute to Chadwick Boseman in real life, but then within the Marvel Cinematic Universe to T'Challa. It is emotional at times. It, it Most of the time, it is. Uh, there are moments that are raw. I mean, with Angela Bassett as Ramonda talking about how she is the queen of, she's the leader of the most powerful nation in the world, and she's lost her entire family. Like, what more can I give? At that point, referring to, obviously, her husband, King T'Chaka, her son, T'Challa. And I don't know that she's lost her entire family. Shuri's still there, but you know what she means, although maybe she's lost Shuri at that point in the movie, although I don't think so. Um, I, I think it's just the raw emotion of it, but then also the beauty and the tribute. I mean, we see characters in mourning. I mean, opening the trailer with Lupita Nyong'o's Nakia just looking out over the ocean. Uh, we see uh, Letitia Wright's Shuri in what appears to be probably a, a funeral service or some memorial service most likely for T'Challa. And so it is uh, paying that tribute in and outside of the story to Chadwick Boseman, T'Challa, slash Black Panther. It is doing all of those things at once and... Um, it is telling its own compelling story within that framework. And we can already see a lot of unrest within Wakanda. We see a war being waged between uh, Wakanda and Atlantis. Uh, we see war being waged against Wakandans, even it looks like by other humans. Um, and also uh, violence uh, by the Atlanteans against the Atlanteans. There's a lot of things at play here. Um, a lot of escalating factors within this story, so you can expect it to be very, very rich, very complex. I thought a lot of the stuff with Namor just looked absolutely beautiful. I mean, from baby Namor all the way up, uh, you know, showing him uh, from the back as a kid, showing him, uh, you know, then translating that to the grown-up shot of him. All of that stuff looked really rich and really compelling. But as emotional as the story is going to be, as dramatic as it is surely going to be, Ryan Coogler and, of course, his co-writer as director and one of the writers of this film, Joe Robert Cole, his co-writer, they have, uh, and this entire team, have found some way to balance it. And, you know, I mean, not that that's really the the key takeaway in the tone of the trailer overall. Obviously, the, the tone of the trailer largely just kind of speaks for itself. But there's other hints at other things, right? There's the embrace between Shuri and Riri Williams, which I love to see because it makes sense even within the the framework of the MCU, which we anticipated with those two characters coming together because Shuri, when last we saw at the end of the first film, was supposed to lead the science and information exchange. And that's going to bring her into contact with bright young minds all over the world. Riri Williams now being one of them. And she's making the Ironheart suit right there uh, in this trailer. And so we're not just going to see Riri Williams for the first time in this movie um, just to set up her uh, eventual Disney Plus series. It looks like we're going to get at least the 
Mark I version of the Ironheart suit in this as well. So there's going to be a lot of fun, uh, a lot of fun stuff in here, a lot of warmth within this, a lot of beauty within this. Um, but then also, you know, never undercutting some of the the inherent sadness that goes into it and properly serving all of that. And then also, as I said, a very rich, complex story, because there even seems to be, I mentioned kind of some inner turmoil within Wakanda. Like there's definitely some things that are going on there and just some devastation as well. I mean, we see this amazing temple with the door of Milaje. Then we see it on fire. Uh, we see flooding happening as well. Because uh, Denai Greer as Okoye is also all over this trailer. Um, and, you know, right here at the heart of it, we do see Michaela Cole as uh, Anika at one point in this trailer. And there are so many factors going on here. I don't even want to try to piece together everything that's happening in this plot. Um, but this looks like a very, very big story um, that keeps its focus clearly on its emotional core uh, and does appears to be doing all of it very well. I, I can't imagine a movie that has to do as many things as this one has to do, um, and it's doing them so extraordinarily so, so extraordinarily well uh, based on what I'm seeing in this trailer. I loved it. Yeah, wow. I, I, have, I have to be honest. Um, once, you know, Ryan uh, uh, Ch- Chadwick Boseman passed away, I had no idea what they were, they were going to do with uh, with the second Black Panther movie, and and, and Ryan Coogler, Coogler, I've only seen uh, the first Creed movie and and Black Panther, and I know he's done an, another movie besides that, but you know I think he's a solid filmmaker and a great writer, and and obviously uh, I I have full faith, I had full faith in him, but you know with with the pandemic this filming in the pandemic and all that drama that have happened. I don't want to, you know, dive deep into that at all here, but it just, I didn't know what to expect with this movie, Sean. I'll be honest. There were rumors of, of Neymar coming in and, and all that. And you didn't know how it was going to tie in. It just, it just felt weird. Like what exactly is this movie going to be? I didn't know I mean, with all the stakes we've gotten from the previous films. I just didn't know how to you know process what we were going to be getting. And it just kind of not just I didn't know if it was going to be not a letdown, but I just didn't know. I just I was never really excited for it as far as, you know, as any normal MCU excitement is going to be there. Sure. But I wasn't overly excited or because I didn't know what to expect. And I wanted to wait to see in confirmation of, of Neymar and, and all that stuff. And we which we I got mainly in the last like, what, four or five months, whatever. Um, watching this trailer. I, you know, even when it was announced, I was like, oh, cool, I can't wait to watch the trailer. I was not prepared emotionally for what it was going to do to me. And I don't know why I didn't expect that. It's weird, but I have to be honest, it blew me away how much this was emotional and how much, how well this trailer conveys, like you said, a real raw emotion that I was not prepared to, to, to see on, on screen. And if this is a taste of what we're going to be getting in this movie, this movie is going to be really just a tearjerker, man. And I have to say, um, you know, when you have something like, like death and then you cut, like you're basically, you know, you're, you're showing your hand a little bit of what this movie's themes are going to be about. When you have basically mourning and then you cut right to birth, you know, mm-hmm. you have a woman pregnant in the water and then the birth of Neymar. And I think that was really powerful because I think you're showing the, 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 the cycle of life 
And that's really powerful. And the fact that that's going to be this movie, basically. And what what does that mean? The cycle of life, right? And I think that with with Chadwick, you know, Boseman's character dying, or excuse me, him dying in real life, and and obviously T'Challa dying in, in this film, it looks like obviously, and what everyone mourning and what that means of like the birth of, of foreshadowing of the new Black Panther. Mm-hmm. What what is that with Neymar and 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 all of that? I think that's really really powerful stuff. And what that means for for Neymar himself, right? What does that mean? And I think that you know the first Black Panther. Black Panther movie was about, you know, legacy and about honoring that legacy, but, you know, new beginnings. But now we're having what happens when, you know, the cycle of life happens, you know, when you weren't expecting it and -hmm. what that cycle means. That to me is what the theme of this movie is and what those new beginnings might mean, you know, we're seeing right before us. So I think that this is just a really, the trailer did such an amazing job of showing you how powerful the the writing of these uh, characters can be and how a meaningful story can be put, told in the MCU of like superheroes and, and, and aliens and different beings of, of races and things like that. How powerful of a regular human story can be told through these characters. And I think that is such a powerful thing. And, and, and like the first movie was a powerful thing about race and, and everything, you know, and, and all that. And, and, how 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 meaningful that was for uh, a powerful of, of a movie that we needed that at that time, it almost feels like this is going to do the same thing for a different you know for a difference of of mourning of of people of of just of uh, of mourning death and, and and new beginnings and and what a new you know time in our country we're we're maybe uh, being brought into. There's lots of great stuff here, which again I don't think it was purposeful. I think it just happened to be we're going we're coming out of a pandemic where there was lots of death. And now, you know, besides even Chadwick Boseman, now we're coming into new life with post, you know, we're still in the pandemic, but we're slowly coming out of it. And what does that mean? So there's so much in here that I'm just like, man, I was not prepared emotionally for all this. I'll be honest. And so I am beyond excited for this because amidst the emotional, I think, meta commentary that we could be getting from this, there's a really interesting story here. And I think obviously with Neymar Atlantis, you know, I was very, very interest, interested to see how well this is going to be played with uh, Aquaman because Aquaman, I, I love Aquaman. I, you know, it's a, it's an over the top ridiculous movie, but I loved it, and I was very curious how they're going to play this character, and and I'm I'm totally happy with what, what what we're getting here, and I think this is completely true to the character. It's just completely true to what we're going to be seeing, and I think it's a great introduction to the character and seeing that last scene. At the end of this trailer, I think it was just a, with the, I don't again we'll get that deep into it right now, but I just I just want to say I think I think this is a great, great uh, trailer. I'm beyond excited because I was, I didn't know what, what, what to expect, and now I'm like okay they're teasing who's gonna be the Black Panther, but we don't know who it is, and I love that, and I think that's a really powerful thing, and I'm I'm ready, I'm ready to see what we're gonna get, and I think that they. Kugler may have crafted a, a masterpiece. I, I, I don't say, you know, Sean, we've done this for a long time. I don't say that often. And, and the last movie was a masterpiece. And I have to say it right now at this point, and I don't say this for many different, you know, trailer reviews, this could be a masterpiece in the making. Mm-hmm. I really do think that. With the only because not because of like the superhero stakes, but the emotional stakes that are going on. That's why. And Kugler is just a damn good writer. 
we're going to get, I think, a phenomenal film, an uh, emotional film here. And I think it could be a, a superhero masterpiece of on film. Yeah, I really think it could be. I mean, this looks epic. It looks emotional. And then, yeah, to a, a lesser extent, as far as what they emphasize in this trailer, it still looks like there's going to be some fun to be had. I mean, it it, it looks beautiful. And, you know, Tina Cuerta talking about during the, you know, the inclusion, the representation um, as uh, a Mexican actor being part of this and, you know, adding that to uh, Namor, that is uh, amazing. And, you know, just everything about it. I mean, the story of Namor and the Atlanteans looks so fascinating in this, uh, the way it can't wait, the way can't it's hinted at in, in this trailer. And, and I think it just shows, I don't know, this conflict, right? And, and we've seen it play out in the comic books. We, we've seen that war with Atlantis and, and Wakanda. And, and it's uh, in so many ways, like it's, it's such a tragic set of circumstances, you know, that would bring these two uh, nations to uh, to war because I mean when you think about it, like they're both there's so many things about them that are so inherently similar I mean they are even within the context of the MCU right like we haven't been dealing with Namor and the Atlanteans like this whole time we haven't been doing that like they've been off the grid and, and so they are as much of a hidden uh, society to the MCU as Wakanda was until Captain America Civil War and then really until Black Panther. And so uh, there's so much ab about them. And you see uh, things where it looks like they've been wronged, where they've been oppressed in this trailer. And, and so you, you just see so many things. And But I, I think there's just this unrest in Wakanda and there is this power struggle. I think that's part of what Ramonda is crying out about is like her and her family have given so much. And I, I'm guessing that the way she says that um, so in such a raw, emotional and, and almost defiant way, um, it's probably a scene in which people are questioning whether or not she should actually be leading Wakanda, whether her family should be leading Wakanda. And to think like, after all we've given, after all we've sacrificed, is it is it not enough uh, to show, you know, what we're willing to do and the extent we're willing to go to protect and, and lead this place um, so there is unrest within Wakanda. There is uh, the external factor of, of Namor and uh, and all of his people. And like, there's just so much here that is going on. And this is the kind of stuff where, yeah, like this is where the storytelling gets enriched. This is where you get things. And that's what I think Black Panther portrayed so beautifully with a character like Eric Killmonger, where you have a character who is doing a lot of stuff that is just plainly wrong, but also did such a beautiful job of telling his story and showing his perspective uh, to the extent that it, it makes you sad that he does some of the things that he does and how far he carries it and, and for him to be somebody who's become lost, but you understand how he got there. And, you know, these films and just storytelling in general are, are can be such powerful vehicles for empathy. And I think there's a lot of that uh, that is showing up here um, in this trailer. And, and it just, it, it looks absolutely stunning. And I also like that they are, for now, maintaining the mystery of who the, ne the next Black Panther is going to be. We see Brilliant. a Black Panther. And I can't tell because it's kind of blurry in the background. Like, is that a Dora Milaje that they're about to face off against, which almost makes it villain mode, but also... I thought um, it was Namor, personally. Maybe it is. I don't know. It's kind of, I, I tried to pause it, like, Maybe I didn't have a good internet feed on it. It's blurry, so don't hold it against me. If uh, <laughs> if you're watching now, it's like, that's clearly whatever. 
Um, I, I don't know, but it, it wasn't uh, super clear to me. But yeah, um, I'm not sure. Um, could I guess it might have been Namor or could have been an Atlantean. It, it wasn't super clear to me, but um, I do wonder who that Black Panther is going to be. And, and I know, obviously, if you're a fan of the comic books and, and you know from the comic books, uh, otherwise, like you just you're, you're screaming, it's Shuri, it's Shuri, it's Shuri. I'm look, it may very well be Letitia Wright as Shuri that and that probably feels like the most obvious, most likely just based on comic book stuff. But all of that information is so widely available that if Marvel is making this a secret for the movie now, for all I know, they're going to do another trailer that makes it clear who the next Black Panther is. And it is Shuri. But if this is a mystery, they maintain up until the release of the film, that almost makes me feel like it's less likely that it'd be her because then the reveal is almost anticlimactic, right? Because you're like, well, okay, so you went with the answer from the comic books, which most of us could have guessed. So why not just say that? So if they are holding on to it, then it feels more like um, they went in another direction. Again, maybe wrong and maybe it's Shuri, but... Shuri's not the only candidate just because that's the way it went down in the comic books. You have, I mean, even within, uh, you have Okoye, uh, obviously, I, I think is in story in the MCU, if you set aside what the comic book said, if you just looked at the story told in the MCU, Okoye probably is the most qualified person to be the next Black Panther. Obviously, she is uh, a warrior who is as good and strong as anyone in Wakanda. She's proven that. She's been a general leading the Dora Milaje, and she was the one who was presumably leading Wakanda or amongst uh, one of the key leaders of Wakanda during the blip because T'Challa was gone for five years. Shuri was gone for those same five years. So, uh, and she was the one who was the main point of contact with the Avengers, as we saw in you know the, the super fancy Zoom meetings with Natasha Romanoff during Endgame. So uh, talking about, and also, by the way, I love how they brushed it off, that mild subduction under the African plate. As soon as I heard that in Avengers Endgame, I was like, Namor, 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 Namor. And of course, they brushed it off as, and Marcus and McFeely saying, oh, we wish we were that smart. It, it has nothing to do with that. It's just an earthquake under the ocean. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was. Uh, it, it, it ultimately proved to be a sign of things to come. Uh, but Okoye was there. And so, uh, and she also, which they did not mention during the Hall H panel, there is a Wakanda Disney Plus series, and it has been reported, suggested, rumored, whatever, although reported because I'm pretty sure it was in one of the trades, if I remember correctly, that it is going to center on Okoye. That may expand to the Dora Milaje. We'll see when we actually get more information on it. But And, and maybe that's why it wasn't announced yet. Maybe it gets announced at D23, or maybe it's the kind of thing they save until after uh, Wakanda Forever comes out. But if that's true, then if you send her a series on Okoye, it makes a lot of sense, actually, if she's the new Black Panther, because there was also talk that it might be a prequel series. So going back and telling Okoye's past to catch us up to her present as the new Black Panther, I don't know that that's what's going to happen, but if that's the way it went down, it would make a lot of sense. But also Nakia, as played by Lupita Nyong'o, another uh, somebody else who could ultimately be uh, be outstanding in that role and, and a perfect candidate in story based on the way things went. I mean, you talked about kind of the themes for that first Black Panther film. And, and one of those was, you know, was tradition and where tradition needs to, where tradition should be honored and upheld. 
uh, where tradition must break uh, because we have to recognize that it's not either not the right thing or certainly not the best way of doing things. And Nakia was the one who led the charge and largely inspired T'Challa uh, to actually break away from some of those tradi- uh, traditions with Wakanda isolating itself. As far as Wakanda reaching out to the world and, and helping others, uh, that came from uh, Nakia. So that could be something that leads her to be um, in that role. So I do think it's one of those three characters. It's Shuri, Okoye, or Nakia. I don't know which one it's going to be. I could certainly get behind any one of them, uh, potentially being the new Black Panther, but I'm happy that they're keeping this as, uh, you know, that it's not automatic with who it's going to be. Uh, We do need to, at least for now anyway, uh, watch how it plays out. But this was just an absolutely spectacular trailer and um, a perfect way to, because this was how they did it, you know, that's what they use to close out this Hall H presentation. And, um, you know, it was a huge presentation to try and close out, right? Everything yeah. that they announced, everything you heard us geeking out about as the news was breaking on this podcast, and uh, all of that, as spectacular as this was, uh, this whole presentation was, this was the trailer that brought it all home. And um, it was, uh, it, it's, as I said, it's emotional, it's epic, and I cannot wait to see this movie. I, I think that Ryan Coogler already made a Marvel masterpiece in Black Panther. Yep. It looks like uh, he has another one on his hands with Black Panther Wakanda Forever, and I am so excited to to see this movie in November. It's going to be so yeah. great. Um, there, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I, I just wanted my last final thoughts is basically just, um, yeah, I, I, I just don't, I was not prepared to see how good this was going to be. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that a really random dark horse, and I'm probably off. But what about uh, again? I, I'm really bad with names. Angela Bassett's character being Bla- uh, Black Ramonda? Panther. Yeah. I mean, I I suppose it's possible. I mean, I I think the other question is going to be, although I always knew this was going to be a thing that they would easily solve. Um, Killmonger supposedly got rid of all the heart shaped herbs, right? And then they right. saved one last one for T'Challa. But um, I mean, that may be the thing with the new Black Panther is there is no heart shaped herb. They get a suit to help him out, but no other enhanced abilities. That is possible. Although I always felt like um, they would find more heart-shaped herbs as soon as they felt like <laughs> as soon as they felt like they needed them uh, in the story, so it, it wouldn't surprise it's me. It's easy. Get yeah. them back. It's there's there's a secret stash somewhere um, yeah, yeah, that, that they'll stash. find. It's fine. Exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. So, and I'm totally good with that. That I don't bump up against that kind of stuff at all. Um, but yeah, this one is. Um, I mean. I thought I was prepared. I, 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 I like the way you describe it. Like you weren't prepared for how this trailer is going to make you feel. I thought I was. And then I watched it and then I realized, wow, uh, I, I was not ready for that. And uh, as excited as I am for this movie, I don't think I'm ready for it either. I don't think I'm going to be ready for it until I've seen it. And even then, it might take a few tries um, to really be able to process uh, this movie. But I know it's going to be um, emotional, but also a highly enjoyable process of, uh, of watching this movie because I, I think... I, I really think Ryan Coogler has has done it again, although maybe again isn't the right way. He's, you know, he's in terms of the the quality of the result, I think he's done it again, but obviously he's had to do it uh, very, very differently this time. But it's just his talent as a, a storyteller shining through, but also the talent of this entire cast uh, shining through uh, in, in what we're seeing here. Because their performances, by the way, I, I don't think we've we've mentioned the characters, but I, re- I really want to specifically highlight the performances in this trailer 
uh, look uh, just so freaking good. And, um, you know, time will tell. We need to see the movie. But, um, you know, I, I really hope that, you know, not that awards really matter, but uh, I, I really hope that, you know, folks who consider those types of things uh, take a long look at this, mo- you know, are, are prepared to take a long look at this movie uh, and the actors who are telling this story because from the looks of it, uh, their performances are going to be pretty special, and uh, perhaps they'll end up being worthy of uh, some recognition. At least I expect that to be the case uh, when we see this movie in a few months. But uh, that's it. Uh, that's it for the Marvel Studios Hall H panel. That's, that's it. it for our reaction to it. <laughs> that is not it in terms of the last time we're going to discuss it. As I mentioned before, you can check out Fanshow Plus, patreon.com slash Sean Gerber or on Apple Podcasts. That's where you hear us talk about the She-Hulk trailer, which was also part of uh, the Hall H presentation. We're going to talk about some of the Marvel Studios animation news from Ballroom 20 on Friday at San Diego Comic-Con. And then, uh, of course, we'll probably need some more time to unpack all of this and follow up uh, because there's no question. I mean, we are reeling from this news as we record this podcast now. We will be reeling probably for days um, and there will be uh, plenty of time to go ahead and, and talk about more of this stuff and follow up on it uh, in the days and, and probably weeks to come. Because, hey, we need something to talk about between now and She-Hulk uh, in uh, about uh, a few weeks time. So, uh, yeah, uh, we'll be able to uh, we'll be able to cover it. Uh, but thank you so much for listening along and hearing our reactions um, as we were hearing this news, uh, this is we've never really done anything like this on the podcast, and we run out of things that we've never really done on the podcast because we've been doing it for so long and for so many episodes. But um, mm-hmm. thank you so much for uh, following along with us. Continue to do so on Instagram and Twitter at MCU Fan Show. Yes, I'm somewhat proud of that segue. Uh, and then also um, make sure that uh, if you are enjoying the show, we really would appreciate a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. So please help us out with that. Paul, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Herman22 with two N's, a.k.a. P-Thug. Also, please uh, go to YouTube, subscribe to the Comic Binge YouTube channel. And I, if you look under, under the playlist, you will see the MCU required reading. And that's where all of you will probably want to go to first um, because <clears throat> it's comic books all focused on the MCU and where the stories are have gone or will go. And what I would love, love to see. And uh, there is a great, uh, not because of me, but because my buddy Alex from the Comic Book Historians uh, uh, YouTube channel and, and all those social medias, he, he did an episode with me um, for the uh, Loki and Black Widow kind of you know, required reading episode. And we did we covered Avengers Forever. And that was a blast, man. I got to tell you, that was, that was a great. So if you want Kang hype for the multiverse saga, straight up like listen to that episode he, he dropped some bombs we talk about lots of great lore stuff in there I, that's a great episode to check out L- lots of great stuff in general i think when he's on the episode so check that out and uh follow the comic binge uh, twitter as well and uh yeah check me check us out all, all on that and you can follow me on twitter and instagram at mr sean gerber so for paul i'm sean thanks for listening take care we'll see you next time